Dude, I used to have a teacher in high school that I, I wish Jeff was here to talk about this because he actually had the teacher more than I did. But his big claim to fame around campus was it was very common to see him pouring a sugarless or it was occasionally a full cow like Red Bull into a cup of coffee. Wow. As the sweetener for it. <laughs> well, Red Bull is pretty sweet. I'll, I'll give I, you that. It was just more. It was like, it's like, oh, how do you drink this coffee? Oh, you know. Uh, black with uh one one wet with one Red Bull. I'm sorry, what was that part? You know, black with one Red Bull. Do you pour the Red Bull? Yeah, into the coffee, and then you mix it, and it's good. Oh no, no, no! It, it, this is this is feeding an addiction. <laughs> this did lead to a couple of me and my friends though to start trying to figure out what was the best mixing energy drink and what best to mix it with. And like a couple years after that, Monster decided to throw us all a fucking curveball and be like, "Yo, we're making caffeinated orange juice and." We're sitting there going like, man, we've been making caffeinated orange juice for years. But like, Red Bull also releases a dub, a bunch of dub disgusting flavors. Like, yeah. have you seen their whole collection of weird, stupid flavors? They all are garbage. Yeah. Like, I like normal Red Bull. I like sugar-free Red Bull. I even will put up with like no carb, no sugar Red Bull. See, Zero Cal Monster is the only monster I'll drink at this point. Zero Cal Monster is actually good because it still tastes somewhat close. Actually, if anything, Zero Sugar Monster is baseline good, and then Normal Monster is just way too fucking sweet. Yeah, I, I would say Regular Monster is actually worse than Zero Cal Monster. I think the only thing that really, really sucks about Normal Monster is once it starts to get warm, it smells fucking horrible. They all smell terribly, except Kula, but Kula got outlawed, I think. Oh. I did not know that. But no, like... Kula I, was had, dangerous. Like, Kula drank like lemonade. It oh. was smooth. Yeah, no, we, uh... At work here, we actually partake in several energy drinks throughout the table, and Nas and Red or Full Throttle seem to be the, the favorites around there. But. I used to love Red, uh, Full Throttle, and then they changed the recipe ever so slightly, so the flavor changed, and now it's undrinkable. Have you had Bang? It's supposed to be this, like... I have had Bang. Tea. I Here's the issue. Anything that's supposed to be green tea-like or generally tea-like, it's like, does it taste like tea? Well, it's close to tea, so no. And as it, someone who drinks a lot of tea, that's no longer acceptable. That shit does not taste like tea. That shit tastes like chalky pre-workout I, drink. Before the gym. Yeah. I, that's what some teas taste like to me at this point. Like, I can't drink anything from Starbucks because they use Tauzo, and that stuff all kind of tastes like I'm gargling with a, like, wax ball or something. Yeah, no. Uh, like, I I even, I'm debating on switching to something better like a tea or a coffee. Especially around here in Portland, considering they have fucking coffee bars all over the goddamn place. But, like... Don't switch to coffee. Like, Coffee is a dark addiction that I, it, it puts you on kind of a ladder you have to keep chasing the dragon on. Uh, if you want some tea recommendations, I'm more than happy to make you some very good high-calf tea recommendations. Like I I say this, though, because like I, I can go weeks without drinking tea and be fine. The coffee people I know go like a day without their coffee, and they're like, yeah, so I blew some guy in an alley for some Starbucks. And you're like, wow, that escalated quick. Oh yeah, no, it it absolutely escalates quick. It's fucking terrifying. I I I know some coffee fiends. Yeah. So, like, I knew somebody who would have has an ulcer 
And they're like, you know what? I may have an ulcer, but I need my goddamn coffee. I... Like, that terrifies me. Yeah. But, you know, sooner or later, uh, I'll reach a point where I have to start pouring Red Bulls into my fucking coffee like that teacher. Yeah. And, uh, God, I don't even know what the I think at that point, if I'm just that tired all the time, just shoot me. Put me out to pasture. I'm a horse. Turn me into glue. Yep. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Alex. I'll be there for when you need it. <laughs> just when, it, when it's time for me to retire, you're going to show up with Nikolai tracksuit and just be like, no, no. Ready for Nikolai tracksuit is not a horse handling specialist. I have a horse guy. You have a horse guy? Of course you of course have, I have a horse, horse guy. guy. Of course you do. What? You know, how long have I known you now? It's been a couple of years since I've known you. and I mean, not to the level that, you know, Jeff, but somehow when I find out a little more about things, like you have a horse guy, I just, I'm like, of course Charlie has a horse. Why would he not have a horse guy? The dude lives in Southern California. Of course he has a horse guy. Well, to be fair, though- my horse guy's back in the mass area, but he he's a well-respected horse guy and he travels. Oh, he, he's a door-to-door, or he's a house call? I'm actually not making this shit up. Uh, so I know one of the few remaining people in the world who's allowed to shoe horses, or, like, properly trained to shoe horses, and he travels the world, sh- world shoeing horses for people. Like, <coughs> I, I, like, if you, like, if you buy expensive enough a horse or something, like, he's one of the people you call to be like, yo, I need you to shoe this horse. Huh. I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, there's a special name for his job title, too. A fa- uh, Farrier? Farrier? F-A-R-R-I-E-R. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a horse. He's a, horf- a, a horse foot specialist who specializes, like, they specialize in the placing of shoes on horses and stuff. I had never heard of this. And, you know, I do always also learn new things at the end here. I, yeah, I... Like, he, he's one of my weird friends that like grew up doing something weird, fell into like horses, and was like, "Yeah, I never, I've never owned a horse, but I somehow wound up as like a world known horse farer." I'm not going to say his name because he's a real guy too. Who like he like goes to the Kentucky Derby all the time. It's like, "Yep, that's my client. That's my client." Oh, these people, nah, they have horses. Ladies, gentlemen, and anyone else unfortunate to listen to this podcast, welcome to episode 119 of the Wicked Awesome Cast. Again, episode 119. Seriously, stop enabling us. Seriously. But yes, welcome the official podcast of Sunwood Studios, a YouTube channel or something. We're a media outlet. As always, I'm Charlie, joined by Alex, or as we're, for, or as we're more commonly known online, uh, Mordak and Mave Online. I hate the fact that Mave Online is your gamer tag. It's just not well, Mave. It's Mave Online. And plan this like a Mave offline, a Mave in the bathroom, and a Mave in the sheets or something, and a Mave on the streets. Yes, sir. Uh, so actually, funny story. You're not the first person to bring that up. And in fact, somebody used to tell me like, "Well, considering you don't stream anywhere as often, you could change yourself to Mave Offline." And I was like, "Oh, sick burn." So yes, this. That that part of the irony has never been lost. And that should be Mave Live. I don't know. Mave Live doesn't roll off the tongue that easily. I mean, technically my gamer tag is Mave, but for social medias and branding's sake, I just use Mave Online Mave Online across the board because it works. That's what you gotta do what I do where it's it's fucking everything is the Mordak gamer tag. Like literally everything. I'm still angry my PSN account is 
Board Act 916. Yeah. Well, I could see, I mean, if you were, if you luck out and you got your game attack for that only, then you could. But... I, I will someday claim Mordak for PSN. Like, the fucking moment they let me change my gamer tag, I am going on a hunt to find that fucker. <laughs> well, you! You know you can put an official request, and if the you know if the person with the account is inactive, they will give it to you eventually. Uh, PSN, you can't change it. Oh, for PSN, you can't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, you're kind of SOL on that one, unfortunately. Which sucks. Yeah, but at least you have the Twitter account, right? Yeah, I got like I, I, I'm more back on Reddit and shit like that. It reaches far, like any, and I mean any forum system I've been part of. It's Mordak. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like, it's it's wide reaching. Fuck, I'm even Mordak on the on like the Nintendo verse. Oh, okay. Damn, that's actually kind of impressive. Hence why it bugs me about the PSN one. Oh, uh, have you ever messaged the owner of that name? I think I might be the owner because I think I got I I don't know is the answer. I feel like I probably did at some point, but but you don't know if you actually did it. I do lots of things, man. I forget things. <laughs> like you gotta remember too. Like, I've had a PSN account since like back in the PS3 days, back when that was a hellscape. Gotcha. Okay. Although, if technically you're the you're the gate holder to your own uh, account name, that would be. Yeah. Pretty shitty. I, I don't think you. I. I think it's one of those ones where it's like it wasn't available and it was, and then I grabbed it, but because I have no way of changing it over, I can't do it. It's like no, I had enough like achievements and stuff locked up in Mordak nine one six that like this is we're stuck with this now. Yay. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Well, now the search continues. Maybe you can be mad. It, it it sounds like a really cool story where it turns out you're your own final boss. Yeah. Get your name. So. <laughs> uh, I've always been my own final boss. Remember, I'm famous for saying, you won't kill me, me will kill me. Touche. Okay, yeah. That'll be fun to watch, though. I'd like to, uh, I can't wait for the, uh, the podcast when we go into that. That'll be fun. <laughs> I track it down. It's like, it was me all along, that bastard. Right? It's going to be very first uh, Fight Club-esque, where it's like, was it? who was at this party? You were, sir. And it's just like, uh, and it goes the whole thing. Oh, that's going to be fucking great. You turn it into a movie and cash in on people who try to be edgy. Sure. <laughs> like that that reset the question. Like your version of Tyler Durham is pretty obvious. It's like no puns, serious. Am I your Tyler Durham? Uh, are you Mike Tyler Durden? Possibly. It does make sense. It does make sense. So technically, <laughs> I'm schizophrenic doing this podcast all by myself. Yeah, it's it's impressive. Like, how does Jeff fit into this equation? Because I knew Jeff before <sighs> you. I don't know. I, I that would be a good one to figure out. How would Jeff fall into this equation? Well, he's dropped off. The but... meds are working. Yeah. Now it's just partially. two personalities vi- yeah. vying for relevance. <laughs> That's what it is. Now it's two. My medications have banished him into the shadow realm. That's right, shadow realm. We're just gonna I move on because I fucking said it. I still love the fact that you were using a reference you did not know what it meant, and me and Jeff got angry. I do that all the fuck. I know, I know. <laughs> I've come to accept it, but that one's pretty bad because most people should know that by now. Growing up, when we did, you're not mm-hmm. that much older than me that you missed fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, let's just say uh, I rarely watch, but yeah, 
Shadow Realm. Oh, moving on. <laughs> you, you ready for weeks? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll, uh, I, uh, you want me to? Well, you want to kick it off, then? Yeah, I'll go first. I've, this is my voice. Because we're professionals. Professionals, but yeah. That's our format. I, I was going to say, has the preamble leaked into the real podcast? This is some real preamble conversation shit. <laughs> that was going on. It's like, oh, we're talking about Tyler Durden. That's not normal podcast in the actual podcast topic. That's like us yucking it up beforehand, being like, oh, ha ha. Yeah. But yes, moving, I don't the, know. moving the fuck <laughs> along. It's been a weird week, apparently. I. Uh, so this was actually technically already done last week, but it wasn't finished. So I didn't bother mentioning it. I installed a new dishwasher. Oh, really? Go on. I, it's, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the podcast or not, but basically the. My old dishwasher, the entire front like control panel just kind of fell off one day when I was opening it. And when I went online to see how much the replacement, like trying to get a replacement part, the replacement part cost not meaningfully less than a new dishwasher. So it was the, eh, we're just going to fucking buy a new one. Oh, Great. Shit, to be fair, it was a whole like electrical panel and stuff. Like It, it was all of the kind of control circuitry stuff for the front. So it's like, this makes sense, but this is also infuriating. But so I... That, that turned into a whole series of events that resulted in me installing a new dishwasher, but I, I was not prepared for how much dishwasher tech has changed since the last time I did this, slash that one was installed, so I could cannibalize very few parts, which sucked. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's my first question for you. Hmm? Did you end up buying a dishwasher with a blood setting? Like no, the- no, 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 no. I... Dishwashers are a lot less complicated to buy than any other appliance I've bought because the pricing system is I uh, appliances fucking suck to buy, but I would say that from a like what you see is what you get standpoint, they're much mm-hmm. easier. Like it's the if you want like a true stainless steel, ha- fancy, high end, like super programmable, you're gonna spend a thousand bucks. If you get the one I got, which is like no frills, but looks nice and is well reviewed online, it's three hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I think mine is technically a cheaper model if you scaled whatever the old one was to modern day. But I like my new one more because it's bigger. It, it's better laid out on the inside. Oh, okay. Well, that's- yeah, like it's it's one of those ones where it's like I did not like my old dishwasher, but it's like hey, it works. I'm not gonna buy a new one. And then it broke. And it's like fucking yes. Let's go buy something. <laughs> New appliances. Yeah. But no, yeah, I turned that thing on for the first time. It's one of the most nerve-wracking things I've ever done because it was, okay, how much water is about to shoot the fuck out of this thing? How bad was it? Did it do well? No, it did great. It it went super well. I, I, I wish I'd been a better installer. Like, I fucked up a couple times and made some assumptions maybe I shouldn't have, but... Okay, I'm glad it worked out for you. Yeah. A lot, lot braver than I. I just have, I mean... I have a dishwasher, and I didn't know that, uh... Well, I, I don't know if I ever told you, but it was always weird because I never had a dishwasher before, other than just my hands, and Mandy was so shocked by that. I didn't even know how to load it up and use it originally. Jen had a similar... Uh, she, when, we, when, uh, when she moved into my place, she's like... She would load a dishwasher and was... I don't want to say amazingly bad at it, but like there's like a there's like a feng shui-ness, the correct way of loading one of those things, that if you've never done before, it's very easy to fuck up. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. And so I've got a few tries at it, but God, I fucking love this. Next next time I get a house, dishwasher all the way. I fucking great. I have had some amazingly shitty apartments. Like the one I had when I lived in Pittsburgh was unbelievably terrible, but it's still somehow had a dishwasher, which is like I have 
very successfully managed to live never live without a dishwasher and i know that's super lucky and super privileged but it's also like it's one of those small things i care a weird amount about yeah no i uh i agree i think that well the only the other ones for me is maybe yeah that's more of a luxury. That one, Maybe. that one, depending on your apartment, you can kind of get around occasionally. But yes, we'll see about that one. But for the most part, I kind of like where I'm at now. Yeah, when it comes to the setup. But yeah, just want to... we should stop talking about housing appliances. Run a gaming podcast. That's right. We yeah, I've been playing some video games. Ah, go on. Tell me more. I I played Hearthstone to get the mount for WoW. But why? I thought it's a cool looking mount. Was that the blue, um, the yeah, blue flaming horse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I wanted something that wasn't like, uh, hey, you bought this mount. I'm like, I'll play Hearthstone. I still don't like Hearthstone. Eh, it's all right. I, I, I actually, to be honest, I haven't been playing it anywhere near as much as before. But I mean, I have other games I've been doing. Yeah. This has led me to wonder, like, I want, I th- maybe they made it fine. I want Gwent to be on my iPad because I kind of want that now. Well, isn't that coming? I have no clue. I could have sworn I remember us reporting about Gwent being an actual separate card game. Oh, no, the Gwent thing is, I'm not sure if it's on iPads or not. It's the, I don't want to play a card game on a console or on a PC. I want it on my phone or on a tablet. Gotcha. Okay. That'd be pretty cool if it does end up going to iPad. I haven't played Gwent, but everyone talks about how nice it is. Yeah, I. it, it may have. I just have no clue. I've not bothered investigating this. Like, I... I briefly opened up a Warhammer 40k digital card game on my phone last week because it was like, hey, do you want like the Satan-worshipping version of Hearthstone? I'm like, yes, I do. This is the Satan-worshipping <laughs> version of Hearthstone. Cool. It's <laughs> the Satan version of this person. The Satan version of this podcast is this podcast. <laughs> True. Yeah. But in games I actually cared about playing, I... It's been a big week for me. Uh, a, a major game came out that I I've been a little conflicted on. I, it's it's from an IP I really love. It's I remember kind of, I remember seeing the trailers for it and going like I I don't know if I'm gonna. I really hope it's good. I'll probably pick it up because I, I'm going to anyway. Kind of thing. Like who who are we kidding? It's it's a thing I care about more than I probably should. I. They, they made a big deal how they're focusing on the mechanics of it and the, the, the trailers for it that looked really good and they did a good job of marketing like okay cool okay yeah and then the reviews came out and people were like fucking yeah it's really good and of course I'm talking about Marvel Spider-Man yeah that game has actually been I've heard really good things about it although I like parts of it a real lot and I think a couple parts of it are not great and unfortunately they're a big enough of a part that it's like, huh, this isn't bad, but I'm not sure this is good. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I've heard about, and I think we covered it last week, was Puddlegate. I believe we did. Yeah, I just played that mission like last night, and I, I'm not going to lie, I didn't notice. Like That that game looks real good. I don't really care. I, I'm not one to make a big deal. The, the game's a lot of fun. I, it's If you're looking to... If, if you want to live out your dreams of being kind of a mid-20s Spider-Man... That game's real cool. <laughs> if you're looking for, like, the Spider-Man of the 90s and 2000s, this is not that Spider-Man anymore. It's very much kind of in line with, I guess, where the comics are of Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man right now, uh, the, the Peter Parker you play in this game is not a photographer or a journalist. He works for, he works in the sciences. He has a college degree in the sciences. 
Um, he actually works for Dr. Otto Octavius, who's working on prosthetic mm-hmm. limbs and shit, and may or may not be on the road to become Doc Ock through this video game. Like, it's it's really weird, because they're making it what it seems to be kind of like a Marvel MCU-verse, but it's not an origin story. This is an established Spider-Man. He's been doing it for a while. When villains show up, he's calling them by their real people names and going like, man... Are we gonna do this again? Like the the shocker fight is fucking hilarious because it shows up. He's like, he, it's, it's like, it's like Harold. Are we really gonna do this? Come on, Harold. We don't have to do this. I'm getting <laughs> the wrong name, but it's just him, like, me, like being like, man, I beat you every time, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> That's fucking great. Yeah, dude. I it's the game has some really cool parts. Like from an open world. I, the swinging in that game, the getting from point A to point B, like the the okay, the being Spider-Man part of that game is fantastic. I I thought I wasn't a fan of the story, and like I I, I think the first two hours of the story are kind of bad because they're spending a lot of time trying to make you think a character's one thing when if you have half a brain, you're like, no, it's obviously this guy. A because racist logic. B because it's obviously this guy. Like, when the only Asian character you've introduced in a video game is also then, like, revealed to maybe be involved in the Asian super gang of the gang, and they spent all this time with this dude's really fucking nice. Yeah. It's, I, I felt bad, or I'm like, it's obviously him, and I, I I'm not gonna say that a spoiler, because it's that, it's so badly telegraphed in the game, it's like, the dude should, oh, you're obviously a villain, got it. Like, you're acting shifty in this homeless shelter. Huh. Well- yeah. No, but so like, once you get kind of beyond that, like I, I'm in the real story, I guess at this point, stuff's popping off. I, I am a terrible Spider-Man. Not that I'm bad at playing the game, but I do not. I do. I don't get involved in street crime. I have no time for it. I'm too busy collecting <laughs> backpacks and like taking pictures of famous parts of New York to even lift a finger to help the police. Yeah, fuck the uh, street crime. I got side quests. I it, yeah, that, that's kind of my problem right now. But at the same time, I. I think the combat in this game is kind of not great. Like, oh, really? Uh, it's it's only okay. It's, it's not bad. I. It also might be it's just not doing what I want it to do. I. It's this this combat is a hundred percent kind of a variant on that Batman Arkham combat, which I think Arkham Asylum and Arkham City it worked really well in. I remember thinking somewhere in Arkham Knight it started to fall apart some, and this feels like a sequel to Arkham Knight and. Don't get me wrong, there's some cool parts, like it, but it's also, it feels very Batman, except it works a little bit different, and that little bit different makes a little bit too much of a difference. I I don't know, I, it's it, it just doesn't click for me in a way it should, I think. Oh. But again, it, it's not bad, it's totally serviceable, it's fine, it's fun, you feel like fucking Spider-Man through it all, like you're, you're slinging webs, you're whipping around, you're doing pendulum kicks and shit, like, you're webbing dudes up, like, it also may be that like I, you unlock a lot of stuff in this game, and there's a lot of depth that maybe there's too much of. Like mm-hmm. there is a, like you literally have like three or four different modes to how you like to how your buttons function. Where like the R button will do different things depending on the context, which is cool, but also it's a lot to keep in your head. Okay. Yeah, oh. I, it's it's a really cool game. It's I. Uh, so I, I kind of rewind a little bit. The being Spider-Man parts, I think, are the best part of that game. Like, getting around the city, just, like, whipping around, web-slinging. I could do that for hours. I, I have done that for hours. I 
that like part of why I'm like spending so much time on the collectibles and stuff is because like getting around in the city is just a joy. Yeah, it, which is I think one of the staples for like a Spider-Man game is being able to yeah. fly around the map. I, yeah, it's it, getting around the map is a lot of fun. It's, like, in, like it starts off fun, and then you add more like techniques to it that like just makes you can rock it across that city, and you feel like you're you feel like you're doing the thing. It, it feels very involved, but not so involved it's complicated. And you feel like yeah, you're you're doing the thing. You're getting exactly what you want. Like it, you start off like bad at it, but also the game's pretty forgiving. Where if you get like close enough to a mission starter while swinging, it'll just start you up to land exactly in a glowing zone or something. It's like, yeah, you meant to go here. We got you. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I think I may at some point pick up the game. It's a lot of fun. I, I it's I wasn't as kind of hyped for it as a lot of other people were, but it's Spider Man, and then people were saying, hey, it's really good, and I thought I'd check it out, and yeah, I. It's it's really good. I, it's weird. I, the story's kind of at least where I'm at right now, kind of eh. But I care a lot about it because the story is whatever. But the story of Peter Parker and Mary Jane and Miles Moranis, who just showed up, I, he's in the trailer. So he's, that's not a spoiler. It's I care about the story. Like the the story of the gang war over New York is whatever. But the story of Peter Parker and what's going on with him and Mary Jane and all that stuff. It, it's interesting in a way it's it's good comic writing and i like it mm. and it's it's really kind of cool where it's definitely one of the best stories i've played in an open world game maybe ever if not in a very long time because it kind of works because it, like it, it it gives you the freedom to be spider-man but also it's like hey we're gonna narrow this down now to just two people talking and we're gonna make it feel very personal they also handle that thing of like what happens if you jump into a side quest or something while you're in, while you're getting some like post mission text or something, and the uh, way it works is it's phone calls and you call the person back. Like it's unprompted, they do the story thing from God of War where like, hey, if something interrupted you, we'll just like catch it. We'll just pick up that line later when that stuff's done interrupting you. Oh, which is real cool. That is a good way to handle that, actually. Yeah, I. It, it's a very cool world. Like down to some of the little silly details they got going on. I, J. Jonah Jameson is in the game and he's been reduced to a um. Alex Jones like figure. Oh God! He has his own Infowars thing going on. It's all anti Spider Man, and I, I love Jonah Jameson as a character. He's one of my favorite like non superhero Marvel characters ever, and this is my favorite version of him. Huh? It is. Was it, hmm? was it voiced by the J Jonah Jameson from uh, Spider Man movies? I don't know. I don't think so. But I, it's 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 a fun concept where like you are. You have subscribed to his podcast, and after you do like a major thing in the game, he'll put out some like anti-Spider-Man bullshit podcast. Or after something happens, and like there's an arc where everyone starts off like, "Man, you and your bullshit, shut the fuck up." And then certain plot points happen, and some people are like, "Actually, maybe Jameson's got a point." Yeah, <laughs> it's it's interesting because like it's it's little dumb details like after the first one pops up it gives you the option to unsubscribe not turn it off but unsubscribe it, mm-hmm. the game is very aware of itself it's very cool in that regard i like it's kind of go into it a little bit more like you unlock suits throughout the game and each suit has their own powers but the game's also aware enough that you might like that suit but not that power so when you unlock a suit you can use its power on any of the suits and the suits range from like the spider-man costume they designed for the game to some like real vertical slice, deep cut, like, real fan-specific Spider-Man comic outfits. Mm-hmm. 
Like I played the I've played the majority of the game dressed as the Spider Man in the Spider Man costume, Spider Man Homecoming. Because the Spider Man outfit you have in the game is fine, but it's not what I think it was a Spider Man outfit. Uh huh. Like I just unlocked one that's like black with neon green highlights. It's a stealth suit, but I'm running it with like a bulletproof the bulletproof power on it. So it's like oh, I guess it's it's not quite the symbiote suit I want it to be, but it's cool nonetheless. Yeah. Okay. But then I also carry that through where, like, every cutscene is now in that Spider-Man outfit. Every time there's, like, a loading screen which shows you, like, tips, it's the loading screen with that Spider-Man suit on, though. So it's, like, it, it carries it through everything, which is a really cool detail. It's like, no, this is the Spider-Man suit. And you can change whenever, which is cool. That is kind of cool. I, it's, I, I... yeah. It's a really well-designed game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I I look forward to beating it. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad it, 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 like, you know. I'm glad it's doing well, is what I want to say. Because the Spider-Man games have been fun. I played another one a long time ago. I think it was the last one that was really fucking good. Spider-Man 2. About. Yeah. And I, I particularly really like enjoyed that one. So I know how much it feels to have a really... Like, I remember what it feels to have a really fun Spider-Man game. And this sounds like it's really hitting those marks, so to speak. So, kudos to them figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. I do have to try out the combat. Just to see how that goes. It's, it's not bad. I just... It's... It's got some occasional clunk. Like, I don't like the dodging mechanic, and the dodging mechanic is really integral to the game. I It gets better as you unlock more stuff, and I, it's maybe I'm playing it wrong. Like it's the, There's a lot of gadgets in the game I don't like using because I didn't have to in the Batman games because I could kind of combo my way through most things, and you kind of need them in this game, and I don't necessarily like using them all that much. I, there's also these stealth segments in the game that are... They're not good. They're not bad either. They're just kind of there, and unless you have certain upgrades unlocked, they're not good. Okay. But I also kind of like them more than normal combat because they're a little more predictable. I guess I, I don't know. I, it's like it's weird because every other part of the game is great except like when you're fighting. Like the boss fights I've done so far are fine. The fighting street thugs are fine. When you're fighting the demon, when you're fighting the demon clan or the demon gang, whatever the hell they're called, that's when I'm like, I don't like this game as much as I did ten seconds ago. Like every fight with these guys is kind of eh, yeah. Well, overall, though, I mean, is yeah, that I, a deal breaker? No, I, it's, I I would recommend this game wholeheartedly. Like it's the if you like comic books, if you like Spider-Man, if you like video games that are open world, like this is absolutely a game worth checking out. It's a lot of fun. I, if you're looking for a fun game it's a lot of fun it's a great game oh good i'm enjoying it significantly more than i expected to nice yeah i it's, I, I i i was very not enthused by the film like okay yeah whatever it's a spider-man game and i yeah I, I this is i've been pleasantly surprised it's it's quite good i'm enjoying it like i as someone who thinks the only good super uh, spy, superhero video game ever made is prototype one and prototype two because they it just kind of break the superhero system. Like I think the infamous games are bad, and this one is like no, this is good. This is a lot of fun. This is the best of that type of game I've played in a long time, if not the best superhero game I've played ever. Yeah. So I've also been playing another game. What are those have you been playing, sir? Destiny Two Forsaken. Oh, that's right. That small indie that, title. That that small indie title known as Destiny Two Forsaken. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it majorly here. I am going to go into it majorly here, but I'm going to kind of stick to gameplay stuff for now. It's going to be our main topic this week, so 
to like the 12 of you that wrote in being like, so the main topic next week's going to be Destiny Forsaken, right? Yeah, you're, you're getting your wish. Yep. 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 I got some things to say and I want to say them, but uh, Forsaken's real good. This is Destiny at its best. Good. I have completed the, I'm going to call it the story arc of that game because like I, there's two zones. There's the Broken Shore and the, well, the Forgotten Shore. The Shore and the and the Dreaming City. And the Dreaming City is kind of the end game, end game, if you will. Except that the Shore is also kind of end game zones for other reasons. I'll talk about probably later on in the podcast, just because it's more a hey, here's how you do an expansion really well. But I've I've done the I've done the major arc of the story. I think they handled that story arc real well. Where there's like five or six quote story missions. And then you have the Baron Hunt, where it's like, instead of dragging a kind of fun encounter into a full mission, they're adventures that you can kind of do as your leisure. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's not, and it's like, they give you six or seven of them right off the bat. It's like, yeah, go kill these seven guys and come back when you have. And each one is mechanically pretty different. I, They answer some of my questions I've had for a long time, where it's like, hey, why has there never been a sparrow or a pike? encounter thing in a raid and they answer it because it'd be incredibly lame it's like you think that would be fun until you actually are forced to do it you're like oh yeah this is not like these are great for getting around on and the SRL racing is a lot of fun for me but like yeah combat on this isn't that much fun and like th- they have a combat mission that takes place on pikes and they do a real cool job with it and it's fun but like a full raid encounter thing would that would be like that that'd be too much yeah I could see that being yeah, okay. no, but the the boss fight with the rider, I think her name is, is cool. It's like okay, yeah, this is this is what that would be, and like this is all that like, they're absolutely right. This is not a deep enough mechanic to make a full raid thing out of. And while you can control these things well, you can't control them well enough to do like a physics puzzle with them or something. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. uh, yeah. It's I, I'm playing a lot of Gambit. Gambit's still really cool. I. It's the Drifter, so I think I called him the Stranger last week. That's a different character, technically. Uh, yes, those who wrote in and corrected me on that, and also, yes, I figured out the moment I started playing more Destiny. Uh, yeah, I, Gambit's still really good. The, uh, so we talked at one point about the idea of how do you get people to upgrade from weapons if you can upgrade your old weapons. They did a yeah. really good job of doing that, partially because all the new weapons are fucking amazing. There is... Only one weapon I've bothered upgrading from year one into year two, and it's Hawthorne's shotgun, because that thing is just a beast in Gambit. Well, you love that shotgun. I also love that game. shotgun. Yeah, so I could see why you would upgrade that one. Yeah, I, th- that's 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 still my favorite gun in the game, and it is just they're going to fix it at some point because like if you're playing Gambit without that, like if you're playing kind of the heavy assault guy or the the rusher in Gambit, and you don't have that gun, you are playing Gambit wrong. Like, I'm averaging, like, 30, 40 kills a match by running that gun in my primary slot, or my kinetic slot. Oh. Like, I... I am... I, again, it's like, this is why I like Gambit. Maybe this is like, they finally made the game mode for me in competitive, where, like, you can you can just go kind of all out and just nutso on it without major consequence. Like, and it's it's... I'm running the guns I want in the subclasses I want and just dominating every match I'm in. Like, it's the, my team may lose, but still, it's not, it's like, no, no, no. I outkilled all of you by at least a factor of two. I outmoded all of you by, like, a factor of two. And it's not me, like, all you fucking moat-stealing motherfuckers, and I know who you are, 
it doesn't matter. I'm that much better at Gambit than all of you. <laughs> like, my bad matches are still better than most of your good matches, apparently. My team may lose, but if you look at kind of the end breakdown, it's like, man, Shelly did really well in that match. He was rocking it in there. I think it's time for you to stream some of that, sir. I, w- I wish I was set up for streaming. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I... I, I would love to stream Gambit. Gambit's a lot of fun. I, it, it would be a great excuse to stream for like two hours a night. I, I, I play at least an hour of Gambit a day since that thing came out. Holy shit! Yeah, like I, I've never cared about the kind of like oh season systems and Destiny. I care about the Gambit season. I'm like no, I, I'm hitting max level in the season. I, I'm doing this. Like I, it's, I want to see what happens. And I, Gambit is that good. It's Gambit is really good. Nice. Yeah, like pickup group is fine. In group is fine. I, it's. I just really love that mode a lot. It's really good. Well, I am glad you're happy with Destiny again. Yeah. I remember you were pretty pretty let down about Destiny. Let down's the wrong word, just kind of like tired. Like it would, and I, I we'll, we'll talk about this in a lot more depth later. This expansion is weird, and I think like I texted you being like Forsaken's real good, and it's, I don't think it's for you though either. Like this is an ex- this is a Destiny expansion that is not for the majority of people that play Destiny. It is a Destiny expansion for the hardcore Destiny players, not of Destiny 2, of Destiny 1. Like This is a... I'm, I'm sure it's designed not to be just that, but it definitely reads as, like, yo, you can come back now. Like, we, we understand this is what you people that played an obscene number of hours of our game actually want, and, you know, Destiny 1 did real good while having that, and you all left during Destiny 2... So maybe if we put more of the Destiny 1 bullshit in this stuff, you guys will come back. And, like, in the hardcore Destiny communities, it's like, okay, yeah, they, yep, this is what we wanted. This is this is what we wanted. Yeah, it's... The chase is back. Like, it's, it's random loot rolls again. Like, I've gotten, like, five or six of the same gun and thrown out all of them because I'm like, nah, those are garbage rolls. I have, like, a... I have a couple guns that I'm, like, super into because they're good rolls for how I play. I... The bows in this game, oh god, the bows. The bows are so good. Really? I I like bows in video games that involve guns, and when they said, hey, we're putting bows in Destiny, I'm like, oh, that's dumb in the right way. That could be cool. I didn't expect them to be good, and they are, and they are so much fun in PvE, and then they are also really fucking fun in PvP, because you can one-shot someone with them if you get a headshot, uh-huh. And, like, to die in PvP is like, okay, whatever. To die to a bow shot is like, oh, ugh, this guy's good. And to, like, get a kill streak with a bow shot, you're like, yeah! So I'm running around the Crucible right now with a bow and shotgun being like, okay, yeah, this is what I always wanted. Thank you, Bungie. <laughs> Thank you, Bungie. You did it. I, it's, yeah, it's like I'm getting kill streaks I've never gotten before just because it's like, Hey, we made some gun. We made a loadout that you might actually like. Why? Well, it's super precision for one weapon and like fucking melt shit for the other weapon. Oh, you're right. I do like that. Go on, tell me more. Yeah, yeah. I, the grind is back. Like I, I've gotten no exotics yet. I think since the game actually opened up, I, I don't like the loot I have. I have a couple guns. I'm a huge fan of the, the new armors look real cool, but I don't like the stats on them. So I, I'm working my way through that light level. The first light cap is at 500. Like, you get to level 50 in this game, which is nuts. Like, there's 20 levels of leveling in the game, which is un- insane in its own special way. And, like, 
I'm at max level with like a relatively high light level toward uh, by, you'd have by the end of the game, and the second zone, the Dreaming City, it wrecks my shit constantly. It's like, yeah, this is a 5:30 zone. I'm like, fuck, gotta go grind, gotta get that gear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So we're gonna talk about this more later on the podcast. Uh, Four seconds, real good. I like it a lot. I, I, I don't know. I, it's weird because I came out. I initially really hated the new um, Titan Arc Super because I didn't get, I didn't quite get how it works, and now I do, and I'm like, okay, this is fine. This is pretty cool, actually. That like dive bomb melee is a lot of fun when you're using it correctly, and they cannot mount that. On one hand, you should totally nerf um, insurmountable skull fort because holy shit, that thing might be broken. But also, please don't, because it makes that class so much fucking fun to play. Basically, if you kill something with your melee move, you get your melee back instantaneously. So you what? can shoulder charge or dive bomb to your heart's content. Like, it's it's maybe unfair, but also compared to some of the other classes in the game, it's like, okay, this is balanced, I think. Okay. There are counters to this, and they're get good, but also that's what you guys have been saying about some of the other supers in this game that aren't Titan-based, so, eh. You showed that, Terry. I... I like Forsaken a lot. We'll talk about it more later. What have you been up to, Alex? Um, let's see. I've been crying into my pillow every night. Ah. Uh, mainly due to the fact that, like, finally started raiding, and I like the new raid. I will go into what a shitstorm this fucking expansion has been. I was going to say, why the crying? So, I'll, I'll get into it, mainly because, so, uh, I applied a new raiding. And, you know, I, I was super stoked about it. And they're like, well, we don't have an Enhancement Shaman. You can play that. Yeah. And I will say, I had a lot of fun leveling it. I really enjoy playing Enhancement Shaman in dungeons. They, they feel really good. But, dear God, do they fucking suck in raids. It just does not translate well. And, like, it hurts to play that class right now. I didn't realize how bad Shamans have it in a sense until I played it. Um, shamans and Legion did really well. Uh, just because the some of the way their the uh, artifact weapon stuff worked out and all that, like it was good. This expansion for Enhancement Shaman has been pretty garbage, so I'm starting to level up another class just in case. Because considering how low performing the spec and the class is right now, there's a good chance my character will get sat for some of the progression raids. So huh. I cry into my pillow every night because that class is just bad. you're obsolete. Yep, and it's it it sucks. So. Uh, between that and God, what a fucking shit! This every day, every time I would check like the news postings and Twitter on WoW stuff, just because it has been a fucking train wreck this week when it comes to that game. And ah, uh, God, like it makes me realize how good Legion was compared to this, because people are already shitting on it, being like, "Oh, it's BFA beta for Azeroth," or like. Uh, every time there's a stupid fucking mistake that goes on with the game, it's like, oh, don't worry, guys, small indie company. Or things like that, because it's just been really fucking bad. And so I'll rather I'll go into it, because it's actually part of our news role and yeah. main topic, but, it, God, like, there are too many mistakes that were made for a company of this level and this caliber to be made. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it sounds like the opposite, at least from your shaman standpoint, of what happened in Vanilla, where... They made a couple classes so strong. It's like, hey, we're nerfing them. And it was like, fools, we're too strong for your nerf to even affect us. No. So it's, it's just a class design thing as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Like, so here's one of the biggest things. Shamans do nature damage. Lightning, you know, they have fire. Yeah. 
when you know they 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 do nature damage, and the bread and butter of an enhancement shaman is Stormstrike. So, in their great great knowledge of of Blizzard, they change Stormstrike to physical damage as opposed to nature damage, and your mastery only affects nature damage. Okay. So. It's just like, hey, look, I know you do nature damage. I know that's kind of your bread and butter. We're going to change your bread and butter attack into physical damage only. And it's like, what? Why? This makes no fucking sense. So between that and some of the other things that are just kind of lacking, it's overall just shit class design. And I know they were revamping a bunch of the specs because in last expansion, like, there were some specs that never, ever got played. Like, the melee um, hunter, I believe, never really got played. Mm. Uh, demonology was just a pain in the ass to fucking play, and so every warlock was affliction. There was no point of doing anything other than affliction. Oh, and affliction, by the way, is already destroying meters this early into the expansion. So, <laughs> like, usually it takes an expansion or two to get caught up with haste and all that stuff for affliction to be good, but like, uh, Blizzard's also like, hey, we really want you to prioritize your main stats, like intellect and agility, over secondary stats like mastery or haste, right? Sure. Haste is so for warlocks. Warlocks actually prefer mastery over their main primary stat, intellect, because it's so much better. A and B for like enhancement or a bunch of the other classes. Haste is so good. You're willing to wear some older gear just because the haste is fucking good. So it's really just dog shit. But... <laughs> wow. Yeah, what I'll, a difference a week a makes. Exactly. So I'll, I'll I'll get into it. They're gonna be. And I've heard rumors of a uh, balance adjustments and things like that. But I, I'll to be honest, I'm holding my breath and slowly starting to level up a rogue. Go so. broken or go home. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Rogues are like it's it's one of the first times rogues have good like all three rogue specs are completely viable right now. Huh. Like, it's always like, oh, hey, assassination is the clear winner, or hey, Tom, or well, it's outlaw now, but outlaw is clear winner, but right now in this scenario, all three of the specs are doing really well. Hmm. In the meantime, Hanson's dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> I watched, anyway, I, before I, before I, I watched a bunch more, while we're on the WoW topic, I watched a bunch more videos on, like, the history and changes of, like, vanilla to even Burning Crusade and stuff, and it's, they're saying, like, oh, it's outlaw versus stuff, and I'm like, those weren't even the talent builds back when I played a rogue. It was like yeah, subtlety, cruelty, and backstab. Well, there's sub- subtlety, assassination, and combat with three specs. That sounds right, yeah. But yeah, before I continue r- raving during this part, we should. Uh, I want to save it for the main topic. There's, oh. Yeah, it, so it's, much fun stuff. it's rare that a one of our weeks spills over into, like, nah, it's actually news. Like, it's not just us going on about a video game. It's like, no, there's, like, reporting on something we're annoyed by or enjoying or something. Yep. Want to as our transition? Uh, yeah. Let's do that. Fucking news time, boys and gals. I'm doing it now, too, just to mess with you. Fuck yeah. I'm in it. Yeah, I feel dirty now. You give her time to steal something I do. Ah. I need a shower and some mouthwash. <laughs> First off, uh, we have some reports in that Anthem will not charge for story DLC. Their rationale? We don't want to segment the player base. That is kind of a good move. I'll give them that. 
But this links back into kind of something we've talked about at nauseum on this podcast. How will they pay for new content then? We will see. Yeah, because they said we won't charge you for story content. Yes. But doesn't mean we can't charge you for this. And knowing EA, oh man, they're good at being creative when it comes to that. Yep. You gotta make that money somehow. So we'll see what that winds up meaning, but it's a step in the right direction. Uh, speaking of rights in the direction, though, uh, THQ Nordic, soon to be just THQ, because that's what they're going for, apparently, has acquired the rights to Kingdoms of Amalur. The fuck is Kingdoms of Amalur? Kingdoms of Amalur is a game you should play, Alex. Why? It's single-player World of Warcraft. What? Uh, so, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, for those un- uh, not familiar with it, came out in 2012. It came out from 38 Studios, the uh, Kurt Schilling, uh, famous uh, Red Sox pitcher of baseball fame. I uh, made a studio in Rhode Island. It wound up bankrupt. The the game bankrupt the studio. It, it did not sell great, but the game itself is actually really cool, and... Parts of the game hint at that game at one point maybe potentially going to be an MMO, maybe to compete with WoW. Like the, the look of the game is very kind of World of Warcraft-esque. Some of the, the questing system is very World of Warcraft-esque, and it is a monstrous game. Uh, meaning there are like side quests in that game that are involved and long enough they could be a full video game all their own. Oh, wow. Yeah, I... I there's like four or five guild quests or something in the game. There are like these houses or like there's some there's some elves. There's like the adventurers guild and stuff. And they're not even main quests. They're just like they're not even side quests. They're just like side things. And there there are side quests. They're major side quests. But there's also major side quests in the game and a main story arc. And these things like some of these things also take like ten hours to get through by themselves. Like it is nuts. And I personally loved Kings of Amalur. I thought it was a real cool game, and when it was obvious there was nothing new coming to it after a certain point, I was sad, but also I understand. Like that, that game is not for everyone, except also it could have been a real cool MMO, and I think the game did okay critically. It did not do well sales-wise, partially because like when you throw around the game, like a, the, the phrase, sorry, a 100-hour game or something, you're typically mean like a JRPG or something along those lines, this thing was easily a 200-hour game if you played, like, everything the game had to offer, and it's kind of Diablo-esque. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a hack and slash, like, there's multiple classes, the weapon, uh, there's, a, there's a talent system that kind of is broken down into kind of a uh, sneaky warrior or uh, mage, I guess would be the right way of thinking of it. Each one has their own weapons that go along with it, and you can have hybrid classes, and the talent tree is super good at letting you make what you want, like... By the end of that game, these like they're called fell blades, I think, that are the fucking demon hunter weapons from uh, World of Warcraft. I was rocking that, and I think I stuck with the bow because the range options were good. But I sunk a bunch of my sub points into the warrior spec. So by the end of that game, my melee weapons were on fire, super sharp, poison, and I think dealing electrical damage because I had like passive buffs. And I only had half of my mana bar, but like I was also regenerating a hundred percent health on hit. Wow! Yeah, it, it, the game let you br- the game's crafting system let you break itself, but also it was kind of okay because you got to do cool stuff. Like you, the game let you become just unbelievably powerful. Okay. Yeah, That's and pretty cool. And the, the game's plot and setup was kind of cool. I like, could have this card system where it's like, hey, 
here's what you're specializing in, so this is what you are now, because, like, it matches what spec you're going with, it's, like, it was based on, like, percentages of X and Y, but, like, you could also be, like, a, a battle mage, where it's, like, okay, you want to do heavy broadsword? Cool. And you want to sing super into magic? Okay, cool. You could use chakrams, which are these, like, blade boomerang things, they People know what chakrams are, but in the game, they active like you whipped them out and they came back to you, and they were a kind of cool magical ranged weapon. I, the game was really cool. I loved Kings of Amalur. I was sad nothing ever came of it. It bankrupted the studio. It got them sued by the state of Rhode Island. I whole variety of things went down, but it appears. But as I said, THQ Nordic has acquired the rights to the game. So what do you think they're going to do with it? Do I don't. It's going to be an MMO, know. maybe. I, it's. I don't know. It, it was always a single player game. There may have been multiplayer, but I think it was just single player. I, it's they made Darksiders three, like that was something I also thought was never going to happen. So maybe they make Kingdoms of Amalur two or something with the IP. Like it's from a like world standpoint and a bunch of other stuff. What they have going on in that game is really cool, mm-hmm. and they never did. They didn't get to do more with it, but like. The world of that game is cool. The combat of that game is cool. Like there's a there is a world where you take that IP and you make Kingdoms of Amalur 2 and you make a game that goes after Diablo. Like if you marketed it right and kind of tuned some things up a little bit and like I think like we're in the right market right now for the sell of like it's not quite an MMO, but it's close, like a torchlight but with better combat. Because the combat in this yeah. game was good. It was live act. It was like full time, like Zelda style combat. And you had like Zelda level dungeons. It It's really hard to talk about this game because like it was a really good Zelda. It, it was a good Ocarina of Time. It was a good Dark Souls. It was kind of God of War in its own way. It was kind of an okay stealth game too at certain points. Like I, it wore a lot of hats and as a result was a really cool game. And like, was it was it like the best game ever played? No, but it was a real promising game. Like, like in the weirdest way possible, I had a moment in that game where I was like really involved in the side quest. Like I was setting out to just clear every marker across the map before I beat the game, and I'm at like 120 hours played, and I go, "No, you gotta go finish the game already, dude. Like, you need to know how this ends. You're gonna get burnt out. And you're never gonna finish it. Like, you need to know how this game ends. Just go do it." And the ending was okay. Like, it, it, like for such a long game, it's like, nah, this feels good. Okay. Yeah, I, THQ Nordic wouldn't buy something to not do anything with it, so we'll see. I have high hopes they do something cool with it, but we only time will tell. Unfortunately, like it's a cool enough franchise, you could do something with it, and it's open enough where like if if you were gonna capitalize on that MMO dream, this would be a good game to do it with. Hypothetically, like it's it's got a world all set up for it. Yeah, I don't know. I can definitely see it competing with Diablo. MMO is a whole other. Yeah, and I, I think kind of the world of MMOs has changed a bunch since, like, this game came out. Like, 2012 was a very different time, uh, video game wise, than the modern era. But I think, like, in a world of Destiny and Warframe and stuff, and like Diablo three's kind of drop in, drop out multiplayer, this is a game you could do something with, and I think it could do okay. Okay. Yeah. We shall see what happens. Yeah. Moving on from that to more MMO news. The people behind Black Desert Online, Pearl Abyss, I think that's what they're called. Looking, looking. Yeah, I think that's what they're called. Uh, Have acquired CCP Games, a.k.a. the people that make EVE. Okay. 
Uh, for now, they've announced that this will change nothing about EVE. Uh, they're just let CCP keep doing what they're doing, which is great, but uh, I think the, the, the EVE community is a little bit concerned about this because, well, Black Desert Online is a weird game with some real aggressive uh, free-to-play bullshit in it. Mm-hmm. But only time will tell. I, I, I don't think you buy a game like EVE without planning on leaving it by itself and kind of letting it be successful, but at the same time, too... Pearl Abyss is obviously a th- something big enough it can buy a game like that. Might put more, it might pump more money into it. Uh, CCP has had some not so successful games over the past. They've had a Dust Five One Four. They've had a variety of kind of Eve spinoff stuff that never quite clicked. This could be a new chapter for them. We shall see. It also might be interesting to see what someone else can do with the Eve World license because hypothetically they could do something with that now. True. Yeah. 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 Again, we will see. Yeah, it's a lot of. There's a. I gotta say, I'm looking over like the the breakdown. There's a lot of MMO news this week. Yeah, sorta. Or MMO related stuff. Anyway. Sure. Maybe, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I guess since we're gonna segue, and I brought up MMO, uh, Wildstar. Wildstar, God. Wildstar. I, I remember when that game first came out. I played it. I owned the game. Yeah. And. Alas, this game, uh, Wildstar and uh, the developers have announced from Carbine Studios that they will be shutting down. So that means Wildstar will be shutting down. Yep. I believe. I played this game in the last three months as part of my kind of MMO odyssey. Yeah. And the concept of it was great. It had that, okay, first of all, it had the WoW type graphics. Yeah. But, I mean, it makes sense because Carbine was founded by former World of Warcraft team members from Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it bounced around for a bit. Carbine got owned by NCSoft, and that happened. And then they went to Steam and all that. But it's been... It, it was actually one of the few MMOs that tried to do the, the subscription model after a while, and it just didn't work. So they went free to play, and alas, it's just been quiet. And finally, they announced that if they're shutting it down. Yeah. So, which sucks, because, like, I was even reading online that, like, on Steam, the numbers as a max... Have been like, oh, there's like five five hundred players on. Yeah. So for an MMO, that's fucking abysmal. Yep. It so, felt very lonely when I logged in. I'm like, hello, people. Yeah. So alas, I mean, I I give them credit because their whole angle was like, we're not catering to casual crowd. We're a yeah. hardcore game, and alas, it just didn't work out for them. Yeah. So, um, they are. I will say, I think they. If you bought anything. From Carbine or for Wildstar since as early as June or July, they are refunding your money. Yeah. That's part of it. So good for them on that. But yeah. Um that's it. That's the end of an era for another cool IP. Yeah, it's it's, just... it's bizarre how out of the MMO era we are. Like I I kind of expect like if you told me by like twenty twenty that WoW might be the only like traditional MMO left where it's like monthly subscriptions and stuff. I might believe you on that. Because, like, even Eve, a game that's fan base is rabid and self contained, isn't just. Like, they have a free to play model now. Yeah, but I, I I will say I did play this game a few times. I, I enjoyed it, but I'm yeah. sure going to miss it. I thought it was kind of cool when I played it. I'm like, I, like, I get why this failed, but also this is kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, I just kind of like that it wasn't that old school, yeah. like, sword and all that. It, like, was, it was a was modern like, MMO. Yeah techno-themed in a way. Yeah. Space. Space. But, alas, that is it. But 
Thank you, Wildstar, for the good times. Yeah. Moving on from that sad news to some more upbeat news. Uh, PC owners who are fans of the Souls franchise, you can finally play Bloodborne on your PC. Sort of. So, well, uh, What do you mean? I Ever heard of PlayStation Now, Alex? What? Like, if I want to go play my PlayStation, I can do it right now? Not exactly, but that's what the name is meant to make you believe. So, uh, in PlayStation Now news, you can uh, the, the app has been live on the PC for a little while, I believe, now. And PlayStation Now is the streaming system from Sony for PlayStation mm-hmm. games, obviously. Uh, they've added Bloodborne to it, finally. Oh, okay. What this means is if you've never owned a PlayStation 4, you can now play Bloodborne on your PC by making an account, signing up for this, and playing it there. Uh, it's not perfect. It's not downloaded to your PC. It's streamed to it, if I remember correctly. There's a seven-day free trial for it. Uh, it's This is a big deal because there's a very large chunk of the Souls community. It's PC-based now. that has been clamoring for Bloodborne on PC for a long time. This is obviously not quite that, obviously, but happy hunting. Yeah. It's not free, by the way. It will require, it's like, Seven days to get the subscription, you have to pay for it at that point, and it's not as cheap as you might want it to be. Well, I mean, I figured it wouldn't be free. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing ever is. Nothing ever is. <laughs> Moving on from that, though, uh, we're getting six expansion teams in the Overwatch League. Uh, for those unclear what the word expansion team, or the phrase expansion team means, it's a sports term referring to after a league grows to a certain size or after its initial founding, you add more players to it. I'm being condescending because I know things about sports. Yeah, you showed them with your sports stats. Yes, and uh, it appears we're getting primarily international teams. I'm not sure any more are being added to the U.S. We're getting uh, the Aquila Group, uh, Bibli, DM Esports, Huya Inc., um, Overactive Media, and Washington Esports Ventures have all added, have all joined the Overwatch League, if you will. Uh, I personally am excited for the uh, Aquilini group because they're involved in hockey. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So they're based out of Vancouver. So it sounds like Vancouver will have a team. Please, uh, Canucks and- territory. Yes. <laughs> uh, Billy Bibi. I, I fucked up that name. Yeah, me sure. too. Uh, Hangzhou, China. Yep. Hangzhou. Yeah. Uh, Paris is getting in it now. Woo! Uh, DME so Sports. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing that like French adding... distinction to the league. Yeah. It looks like we're adding two China teams. Yep. Um, uh, Huya Inc. Who's the other one. Yep. Huya. And then, of course, the other can- Canadian team is Toronto. Overactive um, Media. Yep. And then last but not least, Washington Esports Ventures is not Washington State, but rather Washington, D.C. Woo! So, yeah. This, this officially... Yeah, yeah. This officially adds one more team from the European region, uh, two more China teams for a total of three, two new to the league in general teams from Canada, because you didn't have any Canadian teams before, and then one from Washington. Uh, there are no team names or rosters or logos assigned, announced yet. I have seen some prototype stuff, but nothing confirmed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it. a lot of these free agents, I don't know if you saw, but a lot of these uh, teams have dropped a lot of... Yeah. There's been great drama amongst the OWL fans of some kind of fan shifts and stuff. Oh, dude, like, freaking Shanghai dropped, like, 90% of its fucking roster and kept, like, three people. Well, to be fair, I got the impression they did not do great. 
they didn't win a single yeah. game. So that's not doing great. No. So yeah, I mean they they kept Gaguri or Gaguri. I think that's her tank. She's pretty fucking legit. So I mean she was in the All Star game, so it makes sense that they keep her. And there's a few others that they kept, but uh, I think Shadowburn, which is one of their better players, just actually was released. So that was kind of an interesting one. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see with way more teams now. Yeah, and I wonder if they're still gonna be mainly playing in uh, in LA or if they'll mix it up a little bit. But chances are they will probably still be playing mainly in Los Angeles, specifically the Burbank. So yeah, yeah. I still kind of wish these teams were forced to live in the cities they represent. <laughs> this is true. I'll give you that. Yeah. To be fair, I think some of them do. I think it's more they all just play in LA, which again I get, but also I wish the locality aspect of it was like with normal sports. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm interested to see where they're going to go with it now this year with all these new extra teams. It'll be nice. Yeah. I'm really hoping Shanghai snags their win finally. A win. Any win. Yeah. Feel bad for They're a big crowd favorite, though. I'll give them that. I just wonder if that will carry on into the, uh, once they finally get a win. Who knows? We will see. Yep. Yeah. And it's fitting, too, that these announcements going out, considering this weekend going on right now, I believe, is the Overwatch All-Star weekend. Oh, no, no. That was last the weekend. The World Cup. The World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is not part of the OWL, which is weird, but. It's not? That's no, it's crazy. it's separate. Huh. I think. Isn't it? I don't think so. I mean, it's a separate event, but it's not tied to the Overwatch League. Yeah. It's just like the World Cup, so to speak, like soccer. So. Mm. But yeah. Much exciting. Yeah. Moving on from that to uh, one last fun thing before we move on to, uh. A not-so-fun piece of news brought to you by WoW expert Alex. Uh, if you are in the first, if you're some of the first teams to quash the, quash, wow, I can't even speak today. If you're some of the first teams to compete the new Destiny 2 raid, the uh, Woken Dream, I believe is what it's called. And let me fact check that. The Last Wish, sorry, my, my it's Dreaming City, Last Wish. Okay, I can see what I got there. You will get a special trophy from Bungie. One of which might be a super bitchin' wrestling belt. What? I thought it was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I yeah. Huh. Not more more news to that. Then we're making this an official competition. For those curious, why this is a big deal, uh, the uh, the race uh, to be the first team to clear a raid in WoW is just as competitive. It's just as relevant in games like Destiny, where a big part of the end game is the raid and. Some of the raids in Destiny have taken upwards of 14 hours to complete the first time. Yep. Yep. No, that's very much the the, yeah. the race for first. So, and I know they kind of expanded on that for WoW recently. Yeah. With emphasizing that the first 100 guilds get a special achievement. So. Yep. But yeah. Uh that'll be interesting. Are you look forward to getting your belt? I I if they sell these belts, there's a chance I might buy one cuz I think they're real fucking cool looking, but at the same time that would cheapen them, and I don't want to do that. I, I, I'm currently looking for a new guild or a new clan to join because my clan is dead because we never really got that thing to take off, really. But at the same time, I, I loved raiding in Destiny. I was never the best at it. I was definitely like a, a I was, I was a strong addition to a raid team. I'll, I'll say that. Like there are some raid teams I carried across that finish line. You did not want me leading a raid team, though. Oh, really? I, I was a good second in command. <laughs> like I, it, 
uh, leading raids in Destiny takes a lot more patience than I necessarily have when it comes to players that are bad at it. But like, it's I, I'm a good person to put in a bad role in Destiny raids. Like, if it's a hard role, put me in coach. If you want me to like explain to people, or for the thirteenth time after we've wiped because one dude didn't do the thing we keep yelling at him to do. I'll just go silent eventually. Can you turn off his mic? No, he's just sitting there fuming with rage. <laughs> like I have gotten people kicked out of raids before. You're delightfully evil, sir. I it's uh, back when I raided a lot in Destiny One. There was I I was raiding during the time period that a that I that the um Irish, French, British, and Scottish players were primarily raiding in, and I fell in with kind of a group of people that were raiding at the same time. That like. I, I was a frequent. Hey, we need one more. Let's get like let's see if we can get Charlie kind of thing. He's he's on a bunch right now. He's always down to raid, et cetera, et cetera. There was three or four gamer tags. If I saw they were in a group I joined, I would leave or be like, "Yo, kick this guy out." Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there was one French player that we got to the final boss and like before treasure chest drops for um King's Fall, the Taken King raid. I said I went message the leader to kick this guy out. Why? He kicked my entire raid group that got to this point out like last week, and he goes, "Oh shit, yeah, we'll do that." I was the Punisher of raids in Destiny. <laughs> Vengeance will be mine. Charlie, never forget. I I'm like a hippopotamus that way. It's not never forgetting. It's I have a list, and I will get that list done. Yeah, hippos don't forgive or forget. They just sit there biding their time till they can get to work. But yeah, I, I I'm looking. For, I I still have yet to play Destiny 2's vanilla raid. Like it's. That's how much I fell off Destiny Two, at the speed I did. I, that being said, like the the, the the Dreaming City is really pretty, and there's some implications in what happens when you get there that I really want to see how they play out in the raids. So I may get back into Destiny raiding just so I can see what the fuck is going on in there, because there's mm-hmm. some stuff. Like <laughs> I. I spoilers i guess for our main topic some but like there was a point where like i was like yeah i'm kind of glad i'm not streaming this expansion it's been fun to kind of play it while i'm doing and then i got to kind of the end of the story arc for forsaken and i am talking like i'm on stream with no one watching being like what the shit is going on like out loud it's like holy shit that's some hive bullshit going on right now just doing normal stream commentary to no one but myself because it's like what are they doing But yeah, Belt, Destiny 2, go win one. You'll have thousands of people to compete against. But Alex, you ready? Uh, sure. Let's talk about the news of the clusterfuck that is WoW right now. Oh, God. Yeah, that that whole... this. Alright, so, as everyone knows, World of Warcraft was released recently, and of course they, uh... This is their expansion leading off from Legion, which I think was a fucking great expansion and uh, honestly like blizzard has been acting or blizzard has been fucking up so hard when it comes to this game i mean overall in general there's just some stuff that's dumb it was a terrible launch with like people not being able to log on stuff is crashing um one of the things that is happening right now is so you know you're are you familiar with the world quest system that they have going on right now sort of so once you hit 120, they have world quests scattered all over the map where you can go there and there are rewards in you know on the continent. But also like if you do a certain amount of quests for a specific faction, they will reward you with something special. They're like They're mini emissary. instances or something, or like mini raids or something, right? 
Not not World Quest. No, you're thinking uh, scenario. Okay. Yeah. So apparently, someone in Blizzard had the, the the great idea of making it that the reward for the same faction on the Horde is different from the reward on the Alliance side. So you have these imbalances of one day where, uh, if you turn in four quests for, uh, let's say Champions of Azeroth, okay. you would get a three three forty item weapon, and on the Horde equivalent, hey, here's a uh, hundred gold. Like, it's it's stupid. They've made, and not only different between Alliance and Horde players, but they also made it different between us and the EU. So it's like four different sets of random shit that's getting generated out there every day for these groups. So, A, it throws, it throws a huge uh, kind of wrench into things. Um, so between that, we're like, well, you know, maybe things will get better. Uh, I will say the kind of story and the continent stuff is kind of nice. Like, I kind of like the design of it. Uh, quests feel like you're doing more time in a zone, even though you're not really in the zone smaller, but it, it feels better. But this week, this week, holy shit, this was a week. Um, <clears throat> so this week in particular, you had a thing where um, the, the raid opened up. So Old Deer is officially opened up. You can go down and kill the fake old god Cthune. Okay. Or Cthune. So, one of the things they also opened up was Mythic Plus. Are you familiar with the Mythic Plus Dungeon Plus system? It goes normal, hard, mythic, and then Mythic Plus, right? For challenge tiers? Yeah. So, Mythic is like plus one, plus two. And so, it's very much similar to like Diablo, where as you go up in rifts or greater rifts, so to speak. The, uh, yeah, you know the gear that drops is better. You do the hard things for the heart for the stuff. Yes. So, Mythic's Plus system that was added in Legion does this thing where if you did a dungeon or Mythic Plus over a certain per- like amount, a certain plus, you would get gear the following week in your chest. Like that's how it works. So people were able to get some pretty decent eye level gear from just doing dungeons alone. And some of that gear actually was better than some of the raid gear. So it was nice to have. Yeah. Someone thought it was a good fucking idea not to double check and see that you would get a chest from doing no mythics. So this week, if you did a mythic plus your last week of Legion, when they opened up mythics this week, there was a chest waiting for you with absurdly high-end eye-level gear because it was not scaling to the stat squish. So, as a result, the current top eye level you should be getting is somewhere around 385, I believe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's if it, like, rolls perfectly. Like, Titan Forge, all the dumb shit. People were getting 400 item level gear. Or even 450. I even heard rumors as far as 500 item level. Damn. Which is fucking dumb. It's absurdly over the roof and should not be absolutely attainable at all. So when the servers went live on Tuesday, all these people were getting that. But not only that, um, do you remember seeing how big the numbers were for artifact power for your weapon to get it stronger and all that? Yeah. So the artifact numbers, the artifact power numbers were absurdly high. It was always going into the billions and millions and all these crazy numbers. So it was part of the big stat squish. They wanted to use smaller numbers. So... In order for you to level up your neck piece, you need a couple thousand uh, Azrite power, right? Mm -hmm. People were opening these chests and getting 150,000 
are, are Azerite power as part of the reward as well. So neck pieces are getting absurdly leveled up. You got stupid item level drops. They even disabled the PV- PvP season this week because the PvP rewards were not stat squished. So they were going over the roof with some crazy eye level shit. Nice. So it has been a fucking clusterfuck this week. It's it's just, this is shit that should not be happening. It very much feels like we're playing a fucking extended beta right now. It's fucking bad. So Blizzard, of course, finally decided to uh, revoke, or rather, they took away the items from people that were absurdly overpowered, and lo and behold, that introduced its own set of issues. Yeah, I. I know it fucks up the rest of the season for people and stuff, but I am a strong believer in if people did nothing wrong to get the gear that's breaking your game, that's on you, and you have to compensate them for that fuck up, or you just gotta let them have it. So they decided to take away all the gear. Yeah, you can't do that. Like it's You can nerf the existing gear, but it has to affect everyone equally kind of thing. Like Whenever they nerf a weapon in Destiny, it's like, oh, that sucks, but everyone's is nerfed. Taking it away, that's unfair. Yeah. So well, I mean, technically you didn't you did nothing for it. You weren't supposed to even get it. Yeah, but you didn't also do anything to achieve it either. Like it was no hacking or no nefarious yeah. means. Yeah. So they finally decided to do this where they took away the gear, but they did it with not with a server restart, they just did it live. They can do and that? Apparently. So I don't know if you're familiar with, you know in Diablo when you do Gator, Greater Rifts? Yeah. Once you, the gear that you have on is the gear you have to finish it with. You can't change your talents or your gear yeah. in uh, in Greater Rifts. So Mythic Plus Dungeons are the same way. Whatever gear you have on stays that way yeah, until lock. you complete the rifts. Yeah. So people had their shit disappear mid-Mythic Plus, which means they were fucked for their Mythic Plus runs. So if your tank lost his weapon, half which did happen, by the way. There were people reporting in that as a tank. They lost their weapon midway through the fight because Blizzard took back all the gear that was stupid overpowered. Can't the Amphir just re-equip the stuff they came in with? Well, if you got rid of... No, you can't. With Mythic Plus, you're right, gear I, I know they can't re-equip it, but I mean, like, it's not lost necessarily. It just can't be equipped at that exact point in time. Uh, Well, if no, because the thing is that happens is you don't have... Any, oh, this was well, the item scaled up. Yeah, the scaled-up items. They took those away. Sorry, I thought it was they opened up a chest, got better gear. It's not that. It was they got the power and upgraded their stuff into the stratosphere. Yeah, and then went into a Mythic Plus, and then their shit disappeared halfway through the dungeon, so they were effectively fucked. Yeah. So I think there was a reading stuff about how uh, a tank lost his chest piece halfway through a fucking fight. Nice. And had to continue and complete the dungeon with no chest piece. I heard stuff about people losing weapons halfway through the fucking nice. Mythic Plus thing. It was, it, God, it was fucking terrible. Hope you trained it unarmed. Yeah, exactly. Well, if that was a thing anymore, yeah. unfortunately I, it's not. I'm going to make my old vanilla WoW player jokes just because I can. Thank you very much. <laughs> and so here's my other favorite. My, my uh, Just the icing on the cake. So there was a mace that drops from the new raid. It was called... Uh, Core Hammer of the Guardian. So, uh, what is it? Yeah, Core Hammer of the Guardian. It's it's a hammer that drops off, I believe, the first boss in the raid. 
Okay. And it was a 360 maze, so you, you killed the boss, and you legit worked on it, and it was good. And turns out Blizzard did not want that to be a real weapon. It was a transmog weapon. So they rolled back all the existing maces for people that had an actual legit mace equipped and turned them into 120 item level with no stats. Hmm. So you had people, specifically this was a tank weapon, that was just, well, yeah, we wanted this to actually be a transmog weapon and not an actual weapon, so we're just going to hotfix it because it's a bug, and your mace won't have any stats anymore. So it's been bad. This whole week has been a fucking joke when it comes to Blizzard. Like, honestly, like, considering how fucking good Legion was, this has left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Like, it was, it's been bad. I don't know what kind of fucking is, shit is going on well, with this company right now. So, I might interject here and say, I, my understanding, I've been out of WoW for a long time, was the last truly great WoW expansion prior to Legion was Wrath of the Lich King. Is that a fair assessment? Like, Pandaria went over well, but Cataclysm and Warlords of Draenor was bad, and part of why Pandaria went over as well as it did was because Cataclysm was bad. So, okay, so when it comes to that, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of... I really enjoyed Mist of Pandaria. It was, it was alright, but there were dry spells of content in between uh, patches, so to speak. Like, I think uh, the last patch for Wrath, or not Wrath, um... For uh, Miss was over a year before they actually had any actual new content. Okay, so I, uh, my statement of the last good, like the, there's a pretty sizable chunk of not good expansions between Wrath and Legion, correct? Like no one really, no, no one really thinks that, like any of those expansions were as good as Wrath or Legion was. Um. You hear some people say who they enjoyed Kata. Kata was alright. I will say the dungeons for Kata were really fucking good. I'm not saying they're hot garbage, all of them across. I'm just saying, like, they're, everyone has had problems of some kind. I'm not saying, like, Legion and um, Wrath didn't have their own problems, but those mm-hmm. are the two I've kind of learned everyone points to as, like, yeah, these are these are the best WoW expansions. Uh, I would say that's fairly accurate. Wrath went really well. The launch for Wrath was actually pretty fucking easy, yeah. as far as I remember. Um, and Wrath overall felt like a good expansion. There was good time between content. I mean, there's some stuff that got moved around and changed, but overall, Wrath felt pretty good. So uh, let me kind of, and maybe this, and this maybe this is not meant to be kind of attacking or whatever the right word is. Like, let me bring forward a, a kind of a concept that was why I stopped playing World of Warcraft in the first place. Is that it's not that WoW had three good expansions. It's that WoW has only had two good expansions. Mm-hmm. Like, Burning Crusade, when it came out, had some problems. I remember that when that thing dropped, a lot of people being like, what the fuck? I, I, and this is not me bashing WoW, but like, Burning Crusade is why I stopped playing WoW. It, it, mm-hmm. it, like, th- that is the cause and effect. Like, that was me very deliberately going, I'm not enjoying this game anymore. I'm out. But Death Knights, bro. But yeah, don't care, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, so when it comes to that, like, that was... And the thing is, they they actually worked on fixing some of the stuff. And I, class balancing is one I'm thing. I'm not saying like, things haven't been fixed over time, but my point is more, it's like, it's not that Legion was the new normal, 
it's that you got another Wrath of the Lich King where it's like, holy shit, this is really good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, it's like, yeah, it's easy to be really good when all the other expansions, like, uh, and it's like, I, I don't know why I'm doing it, but this kind of weird wow historian thing I'm doing of going through and researching and watching a bunch of stuff people have collected on kind of the changes across WoW and stuff like that. Like, it's the, there are three high points in World of Warcraft. End of Vanilla, kind of, like, I think it's like patch 1.5 is sort of the high point. Wrath of the Lich King and Legion. Mm-hmm. And it's not the other way around where it's like, it's like, oh, I can't believe this expansion is bad. It's like, no, 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 no. It's just a WoW expansion. It's not a bad WoW expansion. Like, Burning Crusade and, like, Worlds of Draenor, those were the bad WoW expansions. The issue is you're in the WoW expansion directly after one of the two really good WoW expansions. But, like, okay, so my my whole thing with this, like, I get that. Like, you can't all have solid hits, but the mistakes that are being made in this expansion... Oh, no, I hear you, and as a a Destiny player, we'll talk more about this when we get to the Destiny stuff, but, like... It's this weird moment of, hey, did all that time you guys spent not uh, supporting Warlords of Draenor, did that actually go to making Legion good? And was the support of Legion what caused uh, this thing? Uh, I'm blanking on the name now. Uh, Battle for Azeroth. Is that what caused this to be bad? Uh, I don't know. About it's that. a weird thought, though, isn't it? It is. But like from what I've heard, they, they start working on new expansions oh, yeah. years before kind of thing. But like with this one here, like. The thing is, like, Mike, I understand there are working pains and things like that, yeah. and it's hard to really like live up to Legion, considering Le- Legion was a phenomenal expansion. Yeah, it's one. I think it, it was absolutely good. It is the best World of Warcraft expansion since the only good World of Warcraft expansion prior. Mm-hmm. Like it is, and yeah, and it's just it's the mistakes that are being made here are just fucking horrendous, and there's not the level of mistakes that a fucking big AAA title company should be making like this is shit that should have been caught by a qa team you had however long beta servers and alpha servers this kind of shit should have been caught in the middle but like even before it ever hit us but like i understand like hey maybe some mechanics don't work out work out well or maybe the story kind of sucks but we're not even like we're a month in almost because and this shit is still really bad like they're fucking over a lot of people with some of the dumb gear choice stuff that they did and then reverting stuff back. And then the whole transmog weapon thing is fucking stupid because the only reason we had transmog weapons drop from raids was because we had artifact weapons in Legion, so we didn't have a need to change weapons. But now you're making a transmog weapon part of the loot table of an actual boss where you can actually use a fucking weapon in the first place? No, it's dog shit. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. So, like... At, I don't know what Blizzard is thinking. I don't know what's going on with them right now. But God, this is this is this expansion has been a fucking clusterfuck. And frankly, I'm terrified to see what they're going to do in the future right now because they're supposed to be doing some balance passes for some of the specs because they didn't get a chance to complete it for release. Like there's still some stuff they need to work out for uh, the melee hunters. I forget what it is or whatever. Um, I think they're going to do some more tweaks of some other classes, and I know shamans are getting something, but shamans are also just in a weird place in fucking general right now. You have a class that is all about nature damage and elemental damage, and you make their bread and butter fucking attack a fucking physical damage attack only. It's, I don't know what the fuck is going on with some of their designers, but Jesus, is it fucking dog shit. 
and I, I like to give Blizzard credit. Sometimes they, you know, they all have hit or misses. But this is, I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. It is bad. So I am scared to see where it's going to go with it. But, like, I haven't, and this is going to sound like a stupid fucking thing to say right now. Like, I love Blizzard. I really, really enjoy them. But God, if this this might be your like, burning crusade. Like, the, it, it, this, the, it, yeah. I like Burning Crusade though. I, it's it's when you started. Like here's the, it, it's one of those ones where it's like if you're coming off a high point and going into a low point comparatively, it makes the it makes WoW weird. Like it's the you never played true vanilla WoW. Like it, it's the mm-hmm. I got the full ramp up from like patch one point one to I think it was like two point was like the one I tapped out in around Burning Crusade or something and like there was the up 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 Burning Crusade drop and it wasn't that Burning Crusade was bad it just wasn't as good as the kind of high point of vanilla and the launch it's the the launch of Burning Crusade had so many weird issues going on like the the transition of gear and stuff where it's like okay so we're all wearing greens now that sucks hmm like it's the I get going back down to blues, but greens really. Well, yeah, that was a big stat or or stat inflation I, issue for sure. But that's part of the that's part of the issue. Like it's one of those ones where it's the when you go from like man, there's so many raids and so much stuff to do to Burning Crusade that at launch was pretty sparse. You're like okay, and like it, remember the most important thing up to about Wrath of the Lich King. WoW used to be about leveling. There was lore and stuff, but that game was about the journey, not the destination. Like, Wrath of the Lich King is when it transitioned to, okay, the raids are the end goal. The end game is now the goal. The point of WoW was to level, which is a weird set of topics we can talk about some other time. But when you, like, made, like, Burning Crusade without flying mounts and stuff, it's genuinely unpleasant. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's also... That's one of the other philosophies they backed away from is they don't want to have people with flying mounts right off the bat. And I get that. That's fair. You want people to actually enjoy the the, the continent and, you know. Right. But this the, was the also like, and all stuff. remember, this was also back when like mounts were much harder to get. They were way more expensive. Like that, like, that was one of the things I found like a part of my kind of weird wow historian thing I've been doing. Like I, I remember like getting your first mount being this like huge fucking deal in vanilla wow. And someone was talking about kind of the inflation of the gold economy in that. They did a whole, like, 20-minute video on how that happened. Like, yeah, so, like, for reference, what it used to cost to buy a mount in, like, vanilla WoW gold would be, like, it's like, okay, it costs, like, 100 gold at the time or something. And, like, they, they basically went through the numbers of, yeah, so 100 gold then was equal to, like, 200,000 gold now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and we did not have that many ways to grind gold. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. But, uh, but my, my point more being like, it's the, you're coming off Legion. Like you genuinely super enjoyed Legion. Legion's a fantastic high point. You got into WoW kind of at Burning Crusade, got to ramp up with uh, Breath of the Lich King. You then went to Cataclysm, which like, it wasn't as bad, but it had a bunch of weird problems to it. And now you're in kind of like, and, like it's the, you came back from Draenor to Legion and you've now had two tastes of good and you're now like man is this worth it still mm-hmm. like th- it's weird hearing you talk about this because I'm like wait this is what happened to me because I spent way too many fucking hours playing vanilla that like by the end vanilla was cool and had like a whole bunch of dumb nuances 
and I remember just kind of burning crusade coming out of nowhere and being like, yo, we don't care about half the shit you care about anymore. <sighs> yeah. I just, like, I don't know. It's the mistakes that are being made here are not like yeah, the, big mistakes. Like they are, they are extremely confusing it. mistakes. You're like, what the fuck is this amateur hour shit? You guys have this shown is, recently you can do this better. Yeah. And like people are like, it, like, oh, just a light, little icing on the cake. So they are starting opening up the war fronts right now where like you would gather materials and then dump them into NPCs. And once you do that, you would get um, access to a special war front where you can do another world boss, yeah. right? So the world boss or the world front opened last night at like 4 a.m. And the moment the war front queue opened up, all queues crashed and no one could queue up for anything. So just another fucking icing on the cake I'm, I'm reading about in this situation. Like, it's just, you guys are absolutely capable of putting in a good expansion. Legion was phenomenal. Like, I loved, I, okay, I loved Mists. I liked the idea of it. I liked the lore of it. I liked it for the most part. I mean, granted, there were dry spells of content, and that was one of people's biggest complaints. And I totally get that. But, yeah. like, you know, even, even, <coughs> even Warlords of Drainer had a little bit of a charm. And things you can do. Like, here, in this expansion right now, they don't even have, like, a equivalent to, like, a Suramar area where you were, like, doing these quests mm -hmm. and doing a bunch of other stuff. Like, the big, like, the big map area that you're supposed to get into. You don't even have that. You have the four zones you've leveled up in. And then it's like, oh, well, now you can do some, you know, war campaign stuff, which is just small quests here on the other side of the continent. Or rather, on the opposite faction continent. Oh, you're done with that? Well... You kind of just have to wait now. It's it's just absolutely fucking lackluster. Yeah. Like, it's it's a joke, honestly. It, it's it's sad that this is, like, where it's at right now. And I know it sounds like I'm being a whiny little no, it's... bitch about it, but, like... Well, you are, but damn. also, like, that's what this podcast is for. And, like, to what you're saying, you went from an exceedingly good point in WoW to this... And that's weird, and that's why it's newsworthy. Yeah. And I guess the, the the last thing I'll talk about is being in the raid right now, the optimization for graphics in the raid right now is they're also dog shit. There are plenty of people in my guild who are running fucking T 1070 uh, TIs and high-level graphics cards who are dropping low frame rates right now hmm. in the raids. It's bad. Whatever optimization they're trying to do for the raid as well is also bad, because... Everyone in my guild is like, oh, God, the fucking lag when it comes to the frame rates has been really bad right now. So I'm glad. I thought it was just me at first. I'm like, oh, well, shit. But no, it's <laughs> it's bad. This is indeed bad. Sorry, man. Yeah, it's I don't even know where to start with this one. But well, I already went off on it. But yeah. Yeah. Ready for some positive talking about an expansion? Yeah, I've heard your expansion is doing pretty well, though. Yeah, so as promised, our main expansion this week is... Or not expansion, our, our main topic this week... Wow, my brain is just not in the game today. Is going to be about Destiny Forsaken to whatever the correct name for it is. The new Destiny expansion, uh, as always with these very specific topics that maybe me or Alex care about, but not all, necessarily all of our listeners care about... We invite you at this point to come back next week. We'll have a more normalized main topic. There's no email this week. Thank you for listening. I'm Charlie. He's Alex, et cetera, et cetera. We give you the chance to get out now, run for the hills, go, God, these people are playing a dead game, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. <laughs> Thank you for listening. That all being said, Destiny Forsaken 2 is pretty fucking good.
It's real yeah. fucking good. I'm really enjoying it. It's it's real good. Even the subreddit's happy with it. And the say. subreddit is never happy. No, that's the thing. That's how I know it's doing well because even the subreddit is like happy with it. Yeah. Yeah, yes, I, it's, tell us about your experience. You I, head first so uh, we're going to kind of do a little bit of Charlie's lore with Destiny before we get to talking about Forsaken in more specific terms. But I, so Forsaken is weird and awesome because it kind of and unfortunately, I've believed this for a little bit too long. And it's it's one of the kind of conspiracy theories of the Reddit community is that like, what's the right word for it? Um. The Red War, De- uh, Destiny 2 Vanilla, wasn't part of the story they're trying to tell with Destiny. It was really supposed to be kind of the next expansion for Destiny 1. It was supposed to be kind of a reset of some stuff, but the fact that it's the start of Destiny 2 is a misstep. And I say that because the majority of the events in Forsaken act like Destiny 2 the Red War, the, the the Red Invasion kind of thing, that the whole stuff involving the Cabal didn't even happen. Oh, really? Like, it's... This is almost a... Like, so, d- here's how Destiny War lurk, works. You have Destiny 1, you then have uh, the Dark Below, followed by House of Wolves. At the end of House... Uh, so, in, in Destiny 1, you're introduced to the Awoken, who... The Awoken are kind of the space elves of the Destiny world. They're half darkness, half light. They have weird energy stuff underneath their skin. From a lore standpoint, they're a real cool race in the game, and you can play as one, but you're not part of the cool ones. You're kind of like, your cousins are the cool ones. You're like the Earth Awoken. You're you're special, but not special in the way those fuckers are. And you're introduced in Vanilla Destiny. They kind of show up. You're introduced to the Queen. You go to the Reef, and the introduction of this human, but not human factions made. Dark Below happens. You get introduced to kind of the larger concept of the Hive, who are one of the two, two and a half major kind of canonical villains of the franchise. Like, it, if you're looking at lore from Destiny as a larger topic, only the Fallen and the Hive and kind of the Vex matter. The Cabal are there, but from a, like, larger, impactful, important sense, don't actually matter. And I don't bring up the Taken in this case, because the Taken are just kind of modifications of the other races. Like, arguably the Taken are the most important canonical lore wise but of the original kind of vanilla destiny ones only the forsaken and also only the unfallen and the hive matter they have the most interaction with the traveler the vex are weird because the vex are doing ambiguously evil stuff but they're not part of the bigger game that is or the bigger world of the darkness versus the light stuff but Mm -hmm. moving on so you get kind of your first ascendant hive in destiny's first expansion which is the dark below you meet crota Crota's the son of Oryx, and the first introduction to kind of this concept of the Ascendant Realm. This will be important after we get to the, the Court of Oryx kind of stuff. So that happens, and then uh, House of Wolves happens, which is the second expansion for Destiny 1. And that's important because that introduces the Reef and fleshes out the Awoken in major ways. It gives you, the Prince of the, uh, gives you a more in-depth look at Prince Aldrin and um, Morisov, the Queen of the Awoken. Then the Taken King happens. And the Taken King is kind of a direct sequel to the two pieces of DLC previously. Oryx has come to our universe. He's pissed off you killed his son. Marsov, who now kind of is on the side of Earth some, but also is doing her own stuff, goes out, fights Crota, or not, not, not Crota, Oryx kind of manages to 
disable his dreadnought a little bit, but like it's now time for the Guardians to step in. She's dead. Aldrin's lost. The reef is in tatters, but you can still go there. They're still doing the good fight. Like they're still part of it. They're allies that are now in need. Uh, Rise of Iron happens, which is a cool expansion, but not impact. Actually, it kind of is. It's, it's impactful in this idea that the Fallen are a malleable race. That like while they are a species and they're a whole culture and thing, they're open to bizarre modifications in the grand spectrum of. Destiny lore, not important, but cool. Then Destiny 2 happens, and you have the Red War. And the Red War is Cabal who suck. Cabal are my least favorite enemies in the entire franchise, whatever. They're here to take the Traveler, la-di-da. My kind of like theory on this is at the end of Destiny, they at the end of Rise of Iron, they're like, okay, Rise of Iron was really hard to make because our tools are bad, and we're still kind of linked into PS3 and Xbox 360, Destiny 2 will sever us from that, and we need some way to justify you losing all your shit. Hence the Red War. Because mm-hmm. Forsaken, it pe- it technically picks up after the Red War. People mention it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's, it's a thing that's there, but this is a direct sequel to the end of Taken King. Like, there's there, there are two chunks of Destiny lore that happen between when Forsaken starts and the Taken King ends that do not matter in the grand spectrum of destiny stuff. Like mm. in, in some bizarre ways, destiny Two not important. The two pieces of DLC for destiny Two, uh, curse of Osiris and the war mind are more important than anything that happens in vanilla destiny Two, from a kind of canonical lore story going forward standpoint, because they, they, they bring back the concept of the darkness to destiny. And like, again, like, Hive and Fallen always more important than any other species. Vex are ambiguously evil and doing Vex things. Cabal just suck. And the Fallen are essentially kind of a humanity could become like the Fallen if the Traveler ever ditches us. And the Hive are the active enemies of the Traveler. And this is lore that if you started playing at Destiny 2 or towards the end of Destiny 1 would not know about, unfortunately. (laughs) And it's really important to Forsaken, and that's how I'm going to lead into the Forsaken, because the Forsaken is a fucking amazing expansion to a great game. Like, Destiny 2 does a lot to fix issues that Destiny 1 has. The new weapon system in Destiny 2 is fucking amazing. The, the new one, not the original one. I fucking hate that thing. Like, the they're doing a lot of things unbelievably right. Like, Destiny is fun in the way Destiny 1 was again. Like, it's... It, I look forward to playing it as opposed to being like, I guess I'm playing it today kind of thing. Like, it's the, they've done, I I played the DLCs because I'm like, eh, I want to see what happens. And then I kind of just stopped playing, got through, played the story, stopped playing. That's been my relationship with Destiny 2 since launch. And like, I act, I basically, I'm like, okay, we have the podcast this weekend. I started playing Destiny 2 on uh, Forsaken when it came out on Tuesday. I've been playing it like three, four, five hours a night up until Saturday when I said, like, okay, I can play Forsaken in the morning, but I got to play Spider-Man in the afternoon kind of thing. I'm going to play a lot of Spider-Man so we can talk about it on the podcast. And thankfully, Spider-Man was good because I kept going with it. But like, it's been like, yeah, you're, you're back into it. You want to be playing this game. And like, it's this is a this is an expansion for the hardcore Destiny fans. Like, it is the grind is back. They've uh, leveling is hard. Progression is hard. Getting new gear is a lot harder than it was like it. The, the the ladder for progression in vanilla destiny 2 is 
fucking easy. Powerful engrams drop way too frequently. Exotics happen a lot. Like, and these aren't necessarily bad things, except for the fact that they're not a game you can invest in. And like all the best stuff in Destiny 2 Forsaken is hard to get. Like I like I said, I have not gotten a single exotic since that game started. I have like seven exotic bounties or missions right now that have some like bullshit or at least like yeah you gotta fucking earn this shit like uh Cade's gun the ace of spades you get as a reward at the end of forsaken that's not a spoiler it's been a known thing kind of thing like obviously you're gonna get it it's in the game's loot table and Aldrin steals it there's a quest to get it and it's a mix of pvp and pve the destiny community's favorite because half of us are real bad at pvp mm-hmm. i like for reference, one of my favorite guns from Destiny One is the Chaperone. It's a shotgun. It's a kind of it's an outlaw shotgun. It's like a flip cocking thing. It's very Wild West. It had one of the most bullshit quest lines in the first game. Guess what's back in Destiny Two? <laughs> the same bullshit quest line. <laughs> and I am it, it, it's a better version of the same bullshit quest line but like the people that are mad are like fuck I gotta get gambit I gotta get pvp gambit kills and it's like oh go people in crucible the shotgun I'm like yeah it's back remember how fucking much this sucked the first time to get <laughs> I it, I remember hating the chaperone quest line but the fact that it's back and I'm like fucking yes because having the chaperone after a certain point, there was this great glitch or a feature or whatever that if you uh, you could complete the chaperone initially by just doing um, the S- the first time SRL dropped, you could like you could complete the quest that way. But then they fixed it, so if you didn't do it that first time, there was a chance you were never getting the chaperone in that game because that quest was shitty. So there's like this line where it's like anyone after this point is probably never getting chaperoned. Why? Because everyone else already has chaperone, and if they're using it, they're good with it. But yeah, it's so to break it down some. Um, so you get two new zones in this one. You get a level cap of twenty increase. Uh, power level now goes to five hundred, I believe. The uh, sorry, the first soft cap is five hundred. I believe full power level cap is five fifty. You can get to five hundred with just blues and stuff like that. Like. You'll wind up at 500 by the end of the main storyline, give or take a some small percentage of that, and then you will hit the hard cap, hit the soft cap wall, and leveling gets a hell of a lot harder. Uh, a lot of the kind of accessibility stuff, like all the challenges you get on planets, have been relegated to quests. So you actually have to go pick those up now. The little bounty, uh, sorry, not quest bounties. You have to pay glimmer for them. So it's now a glimmer economy you care about. Although I now have way too much glimmer all the goddamn time. Like I. Every zone's kind of uh, figurehead has missions to go do, and those missions result in rewards. Uh, it's um, all those little challenges you have, to, you have to go pick those up physically. You have to pay glimmer for them to get them. It's not much glimmer; it's like two fifty. But it's now a very active. Like if you're gonna go to Earth, you've got to go talk to Dresden, and you've got to go do all this stuff to get kind of the most out of your trip. And like um, upgrade materials are back. Every weapon now requires glimmer, legendary marks. Uh, masterwork cores which is a big problem for me right now and planetary materials to upgrade it previously used to just be glimmer and occasionally legendary marks two of those things are a lot harder to farm than they used to be master core and planetary materials mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, uh, like the, the token system is gone kind of like leveling up with planets is now a very deliberate i'm giving them 
buying materials. Like, I've been having a lot of fun actually going through and just giving them all the tokens I was stockpiling. Because now it's like, hey, I have a stockpile of shit to disassemble now. I'm not using it, but it was a smart choice on my part. It's infusion materials. And I, I just so like, they started doing it some with Curse of Osiris. Warmind definitely had it more than any of the previous stuff in Destiny 2. And Forsaken has it in spades. They brought back the weird to Destiny 2. I, in my opinion, Destiny 2 kind of story and lore and setting it is at its best when it's alien. And there's a kind of weird tonal difference between Destiny 1 and Destiny 2. So in, in Destiny 1, you're a guardian. You're kind of some weird mix of planetary superhero, legend, and military. But kind of first things first, you're an adventurer. You're not part, mm-hmm. like, you're a member of the Vanguard, but like the Vanguard also feels like the active military, and you're not part of that. Like you're the. You're the super soldier that drops in when shit is bad for the Vanguard kind of thing. Like That's what all Guardians are. Destiny 2 didn't really have that feeling. You were, you were very much kind of part of the ongoing day-to-day vibe of the city, which I actually did not care for. I kind of like the fact that, like, it, even if you're a Titan who's the most kind of, like, Master Chiefy, rah, rah, we're part of this class of the game, if you're a player character, you don't, like, yeah, Zavala's your kind of vanguard representative you don't work for zavala destiny 2's main campaign you fucking work for zavala you're very much part of the military and forsaken takes you away from that you're in direct opposition to what you're supposed to be doing for the vanguard like the the vanguard's official stance is we're not touching this you're on a one man or three man or whatever you want to call it person revenge mission against a dude and you're tracking them across this unbelievably alien zone. The, the the Broken Shore is one of, if not my favorite zones ever designed for Destiny. It is so fucking cool. It is like fantasy sci-fi at its best. It's a giant plateau of just asteroids like chained and roped together. You're just running across it and stuff's going on. Ships are crashed into it and... It feels dangerous and weird and magical and like it, like something that exists, something that should exist in a universe where a giant god robot has raised the dead and given them like godly superpowers kind of thing. Like in, hmm. in, in Valhalla, this is something that should be there because of course it's there. Like, it, I don't know, the idea of like a robot resurrecting the dead and buffing them up is sounds just like Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, what, that's what Destiny lore is. Mm-hmm. That that's that's literally what happens. Like the the traveler makes ghosts that raise you from the dead at the start of Destiny One. Your character is a fucking corpse, probably just bones. Technically, I never thought about it. Like yeah, that. That makes you were sense. not alive at the start of Destiny One. Like you were brought back from nothingness. Like this, like th- this is why kind of like Destiny One's cool because that entire game is maybe kind of the Viking apocalypse. <laughs> okay. Like it's the the greatest warriors are back and we're standing against evil kind of thing. Like that's that is what destiny is, which is why the whole war the red the red war thing sucks. But that's a separate topic. Okay. But again, like it's the you started playing destiny kind of at the end of Forsaken, start of Rise of Iron thing. Like it's the it's not your fault you don't know this. Like that that last expansion did not go into this stuff all that well. It's also why I'm saying like the hive and the fallen are the most important because the hive have that we come back from the dead thing going on. Like 
the really powerful hive, the ascendant hive, you have to go into their subdimensions. Like they have, they have this concept called the throne room, where it's like it's where their soul actually lives. Like it's the you go into the nature of that hive and murder it in its soul to actually kill it. And that's what the raid in the Taken King is. You are going into Oryx's throne room, a reflection of who he is and killing him kind of like not just where he lives, but where he is kind of thing. Like it's the uh, like, yeah, it, it, and that's what makes that whole thing. And that's what makes the hive cool in my book is that like the more powerful the hive get, they become kind of like reality bending gods that no matter how many times you kill them in our realm, they just come back because you haven't actually killed them. You've just busted up their body in our space. Yeah. But so back to Fallen or back to the Forsaken. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So the new enemies in Forsaken are the Scourge. They are, they're fine in my book. They're kind of Fallen esque. It's, they're cool too because they're the idea of like, it's the, okay, so you have the Fallen that are bad guys, but they're always kind of like neutral evil. Like the Hive are evil, evil. The Vex are Mr. Burns evil and the Cabal are bully evil. But then you have the fallen that are like there's a that you can be sympathetic for like they're they're trying to kill you they're trying to take the traveler but also they had the traveler before you guys and they're just trying to get their god back and they had a great society that was toppled by the hive rolling through and being like yo you guys are in the light we have to kill you now they they are a they are the blood elves from WoW that are starved for mana and willing to do desperate ass shit to keep their species going that's the ether it's like fake light. Mm-hmm. So then in, in Forsaken, you have the introduction of the Scourge. The Fallen that is supposed to, as opposed to kind of trying to pursue the Traveler got into, like, darkness and got mutated and all weirded the fuck out as a, as a result of that and are, like, undefendably evil. And as a result, you have... I, it's called, he's called the Fanatic, and I'm, I hope there's a more of a name to that, but he's the big Scourge. He has the power to resurrect the dead, or at least the dead Fallen. I, it's... It, and then you have his barons, and the barons are pretty cool. They're like they're very they're they're kind of kel sized enemies. They're big, they're giant uh, fallen that have a very specific thing going on. Where you have like the the rider is obsessed with vehicles, so her entire boss encounter is done the back of a sparrow, and she has souped up or not sparrows um pikes, just souped up spikes, and she looks like a Mad Max version of a fallen. Then you have the 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 marksman who's like, they, like half that fight is a sniper battle. Like, it was me fucking long-range arrow shooting this dude out of a tower. It was actually a, technically a female Fallen, but it's hard to tell with Fallen. Like, each mm-hmm. encounter is different. Like, I, I think my favorite of them, honestly, was either the, um... I think it's the Hangman's the melee guy who just has a giant, like, flaming Shanley chase. It's, it's, it feels like a Diablo fight because it's this giant through the giant flaming weapon chasing you around an arena area. You're just, like, trying to stay alive and killing him the entire way. It, it it felt like a frantic boss. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is kind of cool. This is this is what I wanted out of this fight. Like that or the um the demo the bad bomber who just fucking lobs grenades at you the entire time. So in that case, what I did was I just started running and shotgunning him. It was like, okay, I'm gonna stay out. I'm gonna stay in your range and make this a pain in your ass to do. But yeah, it, each one's it's. I am done with the. I, I think I'm done with the story. Arc. I'm probably gonna start stepping down how much I'm gonna play. But at the same time, like. I have barely scratched the surface of what the fuck the Dreaming City is. And your introduction to the Dreaming City is holy shit. Like, if you've played enough of Destiny 1 to understand what's going on in the Dreaming City, like, my jaw was just kind of open at the end where I'm like, what the fuck? 
There's some characters that like I didn't even care about anymore that are back. It's like, oh my god, they're alive or they're dead, but still here, huh? <laughs> Awoken or weird? I know you were hyped up when they revealed that one guy in uh, on Mars, I think it was. What was his name? That warlock that was famous? Osiris? Yeah, I remember you were pretty stoked And about Osiris that. was, was a, a disappointment. Oh. Uh, were you... Did you have the same reaction with some of these other I characters? I didn't know these characters about? were in the game until I got to them. And I'm like, oh, shit. Ah, okay. Like, I, it's... Uh, it's a known fact. Uh, Petra Vane are, is, the, is the Queen's Wrath. She's from the ho- kind of House of Wolves stuff. She was your contact in the Reef you talked to, you got quests from. She's back in this one. She's been in trailers, so everyone knows that. And she's cool. Like, it's it's one of those ones where I remember Petra being cool, but I'm like, ah, it's been a while. Maybe she wasn't cool. No, Petra was cool. Petra's a motherfucker. Okay. Petra is a cool-ass NPC who does not give no fucks. <laughs> yeah, it's the... There are there are not a ton of story missions in Forsaken. It's a lot of kind of exploring the world. There's a mild spoiler, I guess. Like one of the lost sectors is a fucking uh, fallen nightclub and fight club. What? It's really cool. That actually does sound pretty fun. And it's cool, fucking and, and it's playing like so. I got in there and it's playing a so mild spoiler, I guess. But also he's been in all the ad campaigns, so it's not a big spoiler. Spider is the um is your character contact for the Fallen Shore, and he's just a big fat Fallen who speaks English and is like super into being a mob boss. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give a fuck about kind of the royalty system of the Fallen. He's willing to work with you because you want to kill Aldrin too, and he also wants to kill Aldrin. And holy shit, that dude is awesome. He is also now the most important vendor in that entire game because he sells planetary materials for all the planets and some other stuff, which canonically makes sense because the guy's like an arms dealer and a smuggler and stuff. And like he has his own fallen that have these crazy like spiked ghillie suits hanging around that occasionally join you on missions. And it's like, oh my God, this is so cool. And like he's constantly giving you like, hey, friend, go kill these people for me because we're friends. <laughs> from the time I helped your ass out yeah you're gonna pay me back for that now I, I killed Aldrin yeah that was something for you this is something for me like the dude is outlawed of the core in the best way possible I, It's and there's some cool like flavor text surrounding him but so like as best like so the mission I got like what, so he gives you little side missions where it's go track down like certain like, escapees from the prison of elders and murder them. And one of them was in the nightclub, which I was into anyway because I was just checking out lost sectors. And it's like, oh, it's obviously his nightclub. But so I roll up in there and it's fucking playing Ghost Riders in the Sky acoustic version, no lyrics. I'm just like, what the shit is this place? And you can go over to the fallen boombox and hit the interact button and it cranks the volume. For your fight, it's fucking cool. It's no, and it's one of those ones like you go through the bar, you go the nightclub, and there's a fucking fighting pit. It's like okay, this is where the boss is. Cool, and like I guess like there's like four or five songs that play in there, and one of them is the like horrible Paul McCarthy song from the first game. It's like it's there. It's it's become a running joke in the fan community, and like people are aware of it. Where it's like. Even Bungie's like, yeah, that may have been a misstep or something, but it's in there as like a as a gag, and you're like, this is great, this is such a good area. Now, did they did they bring back uh, Tyrion doing? No, the voice or I, I, I've come to accept Northbot, but at the same time, my um my EXO spoke in his gravelly 
robot voice. He delivered a death threat and struck a deal with a with a um crime boss. And I'm like, you know, I could have done with more talking from my character, but at the same time, he spoke the two words or he spoke the words I wanted him to say, which was to shake up the spider's hand and go deal, and to say I'm gonna go kill here. I'm gonna go kill Aldrin now. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> Ghost isn't a piece of shit this time around. Like it's there's some just beautiful throwaway lines for kind of ongoing lore. Like at one point your ghost has a line about Cade's ghost. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. They have different personalities. And like your ghost doesn't particularly think highly of Cade's ghost. Ah, it, like, your, the, your ghost the, thinks ghost that Cade's it. ghost is a cocky piece of shit. Ah, who didn't deserve to well, die. But, for fucking- yeah. No, it's, it's this kind of cool moment where it's like, wait, so like our ghosts are reflection or like, it's like, okay, so it's like, it, canonically, the way I play this character, he's just like, I, it's like he walks into like, okay, let's so put this nightclub in perspective. I walk into the nightclub, shotgun and bow, go over to the thing, crank the music and go, you're all going to die now. Like, what yeah. is the ghost for that guy like? Is it like, yeah, he, yeah, they are. Or is it someone being like, no, you don't have to murder them. We're just here for this one thing. I guess you're going to murder everyone. Okay, cool. Like it, it just adds a fun layer of lore to stuff. I think what I'm learning is I want a Destiny tabletop game, like a, a pen and paper RPG. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, it, sure it feels like something, something it, like that. Yes, I'm bad at homebrew stuff, though. But like it, the lore for it feels like it's at a point where there's enough depth to it, enough weirdness to it, that you could do something that would be too complicated to do for a video game, but for a tabletop RPG could be a really cool setting. Because, yeah, it's, I I guess to rein it back some, so you got your three kind of, your, your end game for this is kind of grind out planets, uh, Gambit, Crucible, and Vanguard Strikes. They're doing some stuff to Vanguard Strikes right now that are a little bit weird, but at the same time, they're kind of an improvement, so I'm not sure I'm going to hype gripe on it too much. Uh, you can also access all of the strikes from the map now, so if you want to do something specific, you can just kind of drop into that. Excuse me. The, oh, that's nice. Yeah. And the strikes for uh, Forsaken are fucking amazing. All of them are good. One of them is significantly better than all the others, but that's more just, holy shit, that one's good. Like Forsaken has, hands down, the be- some of the best um, Destiny strikes ever made. And it, it, If it doesn't have all of the top three, it definitely has the top one ever. Like I'm racking my brain trying to think of strikes that I think are better or kind of comparable to that one. And I'm coming up with two. Like one was the Dark Cell, which was in um, the Taken King, and I think there was one in House of Wolves. And um, the the one from House of Wolves where you go on the spaceship and fight um Tanix. Like th- those are the three. Like that and the one in the Forsaken, which is called the Warden of Nothing, are the three best Destiny strikes ever made. Just from a cool ass shit you do in them standpoint. Yeah, and like the, this new upgrade system around, like there's a little more customization in the weapon stats, but also those random rolls are back, so you're throwing out a bunch of your gear because it's not what you want. Uh, I mentioned bows already, but bows are real goddamn cool, and they just they, they change the game in such a refreshing way, and they kind of they complete a loadout in a different way. And I fucking love playing with them; they work. Like I, I have a favorite bow or two right now that I think are real cool. Um, uh, the new weapon system, kind of the way the ammo works for it, is a little. I want to say janky, but could use a little more polish, I guess. But at the same time, I will take this over what it was previously in Destiny 2, which was bad. I 
like mechanically it seems solid. I haven't, I haven't heard of any kind of crazy issues anyone's had with it so far. It's been pretty smooth sailing. I don't think I've disconnected from it once. I got into it easy. I, I've kind of like intentionally there's less loot around, like less less good loot I guess this time around, which is meant to slow player progression, but also like makes you want to play more because you want the stuff. And also some of the loot is really cool looking. I, it's like they have, like they have like one of my favorite helmets from Destiny One back. It's the legendary. It's back. It's kind of a skull face paint one. It's back. It's cool. I'm running around that for a little while. Some of the like, straight up new stuff they have in Forsaken is really cool looking. I. All the like signature stuff for the Fallen is they have old Fallen, they have new Fallen. The new Fallen stuff is really, really sweetly designed for my Titan. I hated most of the armors in Destiny 2's vanilla, sadly. Um, yeah, like, like I said, I think at one point, either during this or during what I have my what I've been up to, they've given you a reason to upgrade from your old gear, and that the new stuff is just better. I only brought one thing forward with me. That's my Hawthorne shotgun because it's just stupid good in Gambit. Yeah. And, and you've been talking about that shotgun for a while. Uh, it's, so, you know. I, I, it is the best gun in that game. Mm. It, it, is, it, it is one of my favorite guns in Destiny 2. It is one of my favorite guns, period, in all of Destiny. Like It's it's up there with like favorite. Like, Charlie's top guns of Destiny all of all time are kind of the Black Hammer, which was a weird legendary weapon, Fatebringer, Bad Juju, Lord of Wolves, Chaperone. Uh, uh, Curse of Malak, that weird pulse rifle I had and taken King, I refused to get rid of because it was the fucking best gun ever, in my opinion. Uh, Hawthorne shotgun, Crimson, and Red Death. Like it's those are my top ten. Those are my favorite ten guns in the games, and yeah. like only two of those are in Destiny Two. Mm-hmm. I guess four of them are four of them are now, but I don't have Chaperone or Lord of Wolves yet to comment on how good they are. Just yet. Give it to Oh, me. I I have the quest for Chaperone. <laughs> I will have that thing again and I I will get myself another Lord of Wolves. Like and I love the split on Lord of Wolves and the Reddit where people are like, I don't get Lord of Wolves and I'm like, You're not worthy of Lord of Wolves. So much people are like, Yeah, they're if they if you have it and you don't get it, you're not playing right. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? It's cool. But like the ammo seems bad. You're not playing right then. Like the correct way to like play it's like it's the that is the ultimate gift for shotgun people. They may have changed what type of weapon ammo it takes, which I'd be sad about, but it's like, no, no, if you have that gun, maybe you build your armor around that gun a little bit. Because <laughs> when that thing has giant ammo reserves to pull from and reloads fast, oh, it's a beast. So, I wanted to ask you something in particular, because you brought it up in a text message this week. Yeah. And I was curious to ask you this. You said this may not be the expansion for me. Yeah. So What did you mean in particular about that? This one requires commitment. It's... I... Destiny 2, from a kind of leveling and gearing up standpoint, is an easy game. Like, the the drops for that game are frequent and fast, and because there wasn't randomized stuff, you could progress pretty quickly through it. This game requires a lot of time. Like, it's the, I've put in easily 20 hours already this week kind of thing, and I barely have gear I like. Like, I just found a pulse rifle I'm going to be sticking with. I've just been throwing gear out left and right. Mm-hmm. And like I, this was like the third or fourth one of that same pulse rifle I found that finally had the right roll on it for me to buy it or for me to keep it kind of thing and start bothering to upgrade it. Like it's I, like I started off and I said this, this is a Destiny expansion for those who want to be hardcore Destiny players. Like the, the treadmill is there. It's a very grindy treadmill, but it's kind of what a, it's kind of what I want from Destiny at that point. It, it's like 
they've brought back the destiny can be a hobby thing. There is enough stuff that like you can put five, ten hours a week into destiny now again, and maybe not like you're wasting your time. There will be some form of progression. There's enough to do as well where it won't be progression in just one thing. Like it's the it's not just Vanguard or Crucible, it's now Vanguard, Crucible, or Gambit, and Gambit's all new and Gambit is awesome. And also like some of the Crucible tweaks are a lot better than they used to be. And like Vanguard is Vanguard, but also it's the and none of these things are giving you gear the way they did in kind of vanilla Destiny 2. So you're gonna have to play a lot of them. Okay, so see, if it comes to commitment I've got Dude, I'm used to playing MMOs. I know yes. what a commitment to a game I, feels. No, no. My point was, it's the you're playing WoW right now. Like, unless you like seriously drop off WoW time, like this, like fucking play Forsaken. Forsaken's great, but also it's the uh, Forsaken will take time to get the most out of. It takes a lot of time potentially to get the most out of. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I, I, I am a player that's been very immersed in the lore of Destiny and really wants kind of the weird that is destiny to come back this is that expansion but i'm i i i can't even predict how someone who's like not into what's up with the awoken and the darkness because they're more familiar with kind of the red war version of destiny lore like i i don't know it's the like that stupid destiny book that came out is for people like me that are like we fucking love all that weird bullshit you guys stupidly put in the grimoire cards for Destiny. We wish it was in-game, and it was really cool, but it was still there, technically. We all read it. Like, it's the, if you don't have that, what is Forsaken? Like, I couldn't tell you, because I've read all that stuff. Like, uh, my name is Bife, is one of my favorite YouTube channels right now, because he's doing, a, he, it's been for a while, he does lots of kind of lore videos for a bunch of stuff, and his lore video for the Destiny is, like, his bread and butter. He has giant, like, 20-minute long videos on just dissections of certain characters that he's combed through exhaustively all the lore cards and all the exotic lore and all the like weird weapon text that references this character and collects it into a video of like, okay, here's who this thing is or what this thing is or what this concept is based off of like, here are the seven weapons that mention it, the five lore cards, the three helmets and a sparrow. It's dark Soulsian and how kind of all over the place the good lore of this game is. Okay. Where it's like it's never explicitly said, but it's there if you want to look for it. Like hell, I, I just got, I, I got. I think my favorite. I, I just got a ship called the Death to Kells, and the lore tab for that thing references my new BFF Spider, and it it talks about the Fallen in a way that's really fucking cool, and also, but it's also one of those ones where it's like if you don't care about the Fallen and don't like haven't spent the time understanding the hierarchy of the Fallen culture. And like what why de- of why the Heist of Devils was so fucked up and stuff. Like the idea of a dreg building a ship in secret, flying off, like risking starvation and death to strike a deal with this kind of outlaw fallen who's like fuck all this society shit. Like his 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 job application is death to Kells, and he hires him kind of thing because of that. Like that sense makes no sense to people that aren't like, ah yes. Ah, I understand this. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's one of those ones where the ending of Forsaken has a giant fucking impact for me because I've played all the rest of Destiny. I did you play kind of through the campaign of Taken King? Uh a little bit. Like remember I didn't really yeah. get too much into Destiny until two. Yeah. We did dabble in a little here and there in uh Destiny One. But yeah. I, I don't think we played through the full campaign. Yeah, it's uh, Yeah, like it's Taken King. Like yeah, a bunch of like they they introduce it well enough in Forsaken, but also like it's 
it's this weird one where it's like this really feels in some ways like story wise an expansion coming directly off the end of Taken King, which is not a problem, but also I like it's I I do not know how it would how what the emotional ringing of some of this stuff is, and for me there's some big emotional rings where it's like oh fuck. Like the opening level of the expansion is the Prison of Elders. Do you know what the Prison of Elders is? It's a giant space jail that in House of the Wolves we descended into as kind of as the raid equivalent to kill monsters in for trial by combat so they could win their freedom or die trying. That's pretty fucking bad. That's in Destiny. And like if you didn't play House of Wolves or weren't playing around the time of House of Wolves, you might just not never know it's there. So the mission takes place in the Prison of Elders, and I'm like Oh shit, we're in the Prison of Elders! I've killed so many things here! I got, I think someone talked about how like the Forsaken is this weird nostalgia trip where it's it's the sequel that Destiny 1 actually deserves. Like it's this is the actual sequel to Destiny 1. Destiny 2 vanilla is like, yeah, it's more game, but this is like die, this is Destiny 2. And like this is where Destiny 2 should have started in some ways. Like that. From a like gameplay perspective, from stuff going on, it's just it feels good. It feels in the good ways Destiny One did with the polish of Destiny Two. Like it's it's a better version now of what Destiny One was. Absolutely. And and my comment of this might not be for you. Is meant more. It's like if you're playing lots of WoW, if you're playing lots of another game, like I, I don't know if you'll have time to really kind of wring the fat from all that is Destiny Two Forsaken. It's and also like it's the like this is this is the equivalent of me going from Destiny One. Like this is this was my follow up to Legion for me kind of thing. Like it's the I fucking love Destiny One and Destiny Two was weird, but it's like no, this is the actual sequel I wanted. Cool, this is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they got weird with it. Like I have a couple sparrows right now that look like lawnmowers almost, which is fucking cool. Like I have something called the Ace, which is like the fucking lowrider of sparrows, and I'm like fucking yes. Why are there no hydraulic bounces on this thing? That's a missed opportunity. It looks pimp in metallic red. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's super good. Like it, there, there's never been a better time to get into Destiny. I don't think. Well, depending on how WoW goes, I may jump ship. Or something. Yeah, I I don't want to, but no, I, if, yeah, it's just not delivering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's if you've if, like. The fact that P the fact they managed to get the PSN Plus game for this month to be Destiny Two is one of the smartest kind of group decisions Bungie and Sony and whoever else would make those decisions has ever made because like it'll get people in that game. Like if you have that free download, go get Forsaken if you can afford it. It's really good. Like it's 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 what I wish Destiny Two had been all along. Yeah. 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 So Overall, then, I guess my last question for you. This expansion, as opposed to some of the other Destiny expansions, where do you rank it on the list? Oh, this is the best one, so this is the best one, period. Um, best one, period, even including Destiny 1, obviously, and all that. Like, uh, so, I... I'm including Destiny 1. Yeah, no, I, the I, I am, too. When I talk about Destiny, I talk about all of the Destiny, not just Destiny 2. Um, uh, so that's a weird one, because I think the jump in quality from Destiny 1... To Taken King is maybe a little bit more. I so here's the issue. Like it's the at the end of Destiny at the end of year one for Destiny One, Destiny was in a weird place. Um, 
Dark Below had not been a super well-received expansion or DLC content. House of Wolves was kind of paralyzing. I thought it was cool. Other people did not. It was kind of some back and forth on that. Uh, it's It was unclear what the future of Destiny was, and then Taken King came out and was kind of this, like, we will show you the way, like, fuck yeah. Like, that. That it, it was this kind of overwhelming feeling of Destiny was finally in the spot where we thought, destiny vanilla was supposed to be and then rise of iron happened which was cool but didn't have the same kind of groundbreaking giant effect that the taken king did which was unfair of us as a community to expect but also like was what we were expecting so then destiny 2 comes out and i would say kind of destiny 2 lands somewhere in the good spectrum between destiny 1 vanilla and taken king and mm. Forsaken is kind of, and this is where it gets complicated. Forsaken is where Destiny Two should have started at quality wise. Like just from a, like, I didn't even talk about like the collection system. The like, there's a whole set of like unimportant tabs now in your start menu that are like your collections and your like triumphs and stuff that just keep track of cool shit you've done in the game. Like you can now pull shaders and other stuff from your collections. You're not stuck carrying all of them around anymore all the time. They cost a little bit of glimmer, but like it's there. You can access all of your stuff still if you want it. And like that should have been in Destiny 2 from the start, maybe, kind of sort of thing. But also, like, some of that stuff wasn't in Destiny 1 at start either. Like a lot of people have a hard time remembering Destiny 1 vanilla prior to Taken King, because that's how good Taken King was. And they successfully did it again where uh, at the end of Destiny 1, I was kind of, eh, maybe I'll tap out, maybe I won't. At the end of Destiny 2, I was like, I'm not even playing this shit anymore. And then Forsaken dropped, and I'm like, I'm back in! Now I'm gonna play a fuck ton of this probably over the next couple months. Yeah, Goodbye, social life. <laughs> well, with any new releases like this, yeah. Yeah. Social life takes a dive. Yeah, sure. and, like, and, and this is where it gets weird because... It, it shouldn't be a topic anymore of, like, what the best Destiny expansion is. I think, like, it's the... If you're measuring, like, where is, like... at a, a, a On a spectrum of, like, where is Destiny supposed to be, I think this is the best Destiny has been. It's got more polish, but, like, it's... Forsaken is what Destiny 2 should have been. It should have been kind of all of the polish of Destiny 2, Forsaken, Rise of Iron, and then more added to it. Like, it's the... You didn't have to make where Destiny 1 was at the end of Destiny 1, the end end, the end of Rise of Iron, better. It was already really good at that point. You just had to kind of not fuck it up and maybe make a couple tweaks, maybe change, like, maybe make a couple of the subclasses a little more viable or whatever. Like, there's stuff you could do to make the game better that wasn't what Destiny 2 vanilla was, which was a drastic change of things. That upset a bunch of fans, me included. Like, it, like... I didn't realize how much I hated the weapon system till I got the weapon system I now have. I'm like, yeah, that thing fucking sucked. I hated that thing. Mm. And I know I complained about it previously. That's how much I, I that's how much in hindsight I'm realizing I fucking hated that weapon system. Like that was hands down the worst part about Destiny One too. Oh yeah, no, you've talked about that quite a bit. Yeah. Like you absolutely fucking hated. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember you were very vocal about that. Yeah, like it. But here's the issue. I'm now past that. It's one of these things where I'm like, I wasn't being hard enough at the time. I'm like, am I being whiny about this? It's fine, but I don't like it. Like, it's like, no, it wasn't fine, it turns out. Like, it's the, no, no, 
we, we weren't supposed to make chairs out of sandpaper, gasoline, and fire. That is how I feel about old weapon system for Destiny 2, but regardless. Yeah, yeah it's... I, I don't know if this is better than Taken King. It's hard to compare because Destiny 2 started off in a better spot than Destiny 1 got to prior to Taken King. And I, 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 it, I'll say it again, like this is the best Destiny has ever been which I think in my mind means it's the best expansion so far, but also, like, it's the jump from what Destiny 1 was to what Taken King was was so fucking huge. I don't want to discount how big a deal that was. I I like Destiny again. I'm a fan of Destiny. I, it's, I, I, I am happy to wear my Destiny shirts again, I guess, if that makes any sense. Like, there's some new merch on the Bungie store. I'm thinking about buying... Because thinking about Destiny 2 makes me happy again. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and that's not something I can necessarily say about Destiny 2 prior to Forsaken. Like, it was... Like, the happiest I was prior to Forsaken was after they released that new weapon system because I stopped hating playing the... Like, I, again, like, it's the... They could have just done that. And I might have been, like, best expansion ever. Like, that's how fundamentally it changes that game in a good way. Mm. And I'm sure there's some defenders being, oh, it's unbalanced. I don't want a balanced game if that's what it takes. I don't care about that. I want it to be fun. I play video games for fun. <laughs> if you want balanced, go play Counter-Strike or League of Legends or Dota or, I don't know, Overwatch or something. This is not a game about balance. This is a game about my space warrior traveling through space to shoulder-check demons with a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't have another comparison yeah. on that one. But I'm glad I'm glad it's going well for I'm you. I'm happy. Were, yeah. It, it's been a while since you've been genuinely happy about a game, I think. Uh, it's like a, you've had highs and It's lows, a good week too. Like a God of War was the last like genuinely happy about a video game I think I've been. Like uh, Spider-Man also a genuinely good game, I think. Not yeah, as good. Whatever you yeah. do, don't pick up World of Warcraft. Yeah. Not right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is there anywhere else we can go with this? I'm sure there is, but I don't remember it right now for the life of me. Like, I, let, let me check my list. <laughs> I made fucking Forsaken notes. Um, I talked about... Oh, that's right. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hardcore Destiny fans, check. Uh, Destiny I've Always Wanted, check. Uh, the expansion to Destiny 1 fans, check. I mentioned cinematics. There's cinematics. They're cool. There's some real cool moments mm. in the cinematics. Uh, they're, they're good cinematics. They look real nice. Um... Oldrin's real evil in them. There's some weird ass space monsters in some of them. Uh, the Scourge, or the Scorn, whatever the new enemies are, look kind of cool. I mentioned bows being dumb in the best way possible. Uh, yeah, I mentioned the spider, mentioned the House of Wolvesy feel, uh, Drifter. Oh, uh, I hmm? say so you mentioned Gambit for sure. I mentioned Gambit. I, I forgot to mention people are bad at Gambit. Oh, really? <laughs> People are bad at Gambit. I am not bad at Gambit, but other people are bad at Gambit. They do not get how to play that game mode. Uh, Charlie's advice for Gambit, step one. If you see a Titan leap into the air and use his super and start smashing stuff, wait for that super to be over before you pop your super, because there's a decent chance that if you're playing with me, I'm going to go wipe out an entire wave of enemies. <laughs> and your super will do nothing! That being said, 
If a titan works really hard to clear an entire wave of enemies, let him get his moats first. Then follow him and get any moats he picks up. Like, I, there's a weird kill-stealing issue going on right now in Gambit because there's a bunch of bounties based around stuff that I get. I do it too, but at the same time, it's the there's nothing more frustrating than killing, like, 30 dudes in 10 seconds to have someone swoop in and steal your moats of light and being like, yeah, it's, it's for the team and stuff. No, what's worse than that is if they then die while carrying your precious moats and lose them and you go, why? Why would you hinder the team this way? <laughs> like, I think Penny Arcade has a fantastic comment about Gambit where it's like, if you die carrying five moats of light, you feel like a letdown. If you die carrying ten moats of light, uh, you have to feel shame or something. You feel in inoperable shame. If you die carrying 15 motes of light, a dad, not your dad, just some random dad calls you and tells you your, um, he and his, and his and your mother are very disappointed in you. Like, that's what it feels like to lose motes in Gambit, and it should. Oh, sorry, the, the ten, mo 10 motes is dad. At 15 motes, your dog doesn't get into heaven when it dies. That's what happens when you lose 15 motes of light. That's the level of shame you should feel. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, so, I, I have a note here about how long the game takes. Uh, so, to rewind a little bit, I played Forsaken from kind of like two or three. We'll say, like, a, by Saturday, Friday night when I finished the kind of main campaign, I'd probably played, we'll say, 20 hours tops of the uh, 20, 25 hours of the expansion before it was done. And I was kind of in the end game, end game, if you will. I wanted to be in the end game, end game by today's podcast. I could have taken it a little bit slower. I was up to like 3 a.m. Friday night, to just like powering through stuff. Also, I couldn't stop playing. Like, I thought the campaign was a lot shorter than it turned out to be. I thought there was a point where I'm like, oh, I think I'm done, or I'm about to be done, and I was wrong. <laughs> there wasn't a ton more after that, but it's like, oh no, there's like another three hours at least. Huh, cool. I I also think like for a bunch of people, if you're not unless you start off at level 400, you have at least like two or three hours midway through the expansion where you're going to have to go grind out gear, in a good way. And it'll force you to take a break from the story stuff and go play stuff like Gambit, which you should be playing, and bank your motes of light. Go play Gambit and don't suck at it. And not stealing them from you. And don't steal them from me. Other tips for Gambit. If you are bad at PvP, don't go through the PvP portal. Just don't. <laughs> there might be other people on your team who are at least better than you at PvP, who need to go do that or want to go do that. Also, don't go through the portal with t with more than zero motes of light on you. Bank that shit first. It's not like the portal goes away after two seconds. It'll stay there long enough for you to go bank your motes. So when, because you suck at PvP, you die, you don't just waste a bunch of motes on the other side slash give them to the opposing team. I swear to fucking God, I saw one guy go through, another player, I guess, go through with like 15 motes on him. And it was just a, why? Why would you do that? And he died instantly and didn't bring those motes back. I, 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 I want there to be a like push team off ledge, teammate off ledge emote. A push off ledge emote. <laughs> Friendship ended with player. No, seriously, you suck. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, Gambit is still great. Uh, uh, the one thing I wish they would do is I still hate the way the talent tree works, but I get it. Like I, there is some uh, there, there is some unbalancing that would happen if you changed how that skill tree worked, which I can respect and understand, especially now that I understand how that 
new Titan arc super works. I you basically get two supers out of one subclass. That's how powerful your melee becomes. Yeah, it's it's weird because I love the way the new Titan um, Striker super works, uh, but the new new one it turns you into a missile and you shoot across the map and it's a one shot kill. It's a one shot move, which initially I thought was kind of cheap until I saw how much damage it did and then I started understanding how the melee attack part works. It's like, oh, I get it now. That's kind of balanced actually. Fine, I'll stop complaining. I still wish I could be overpowered though. <laughs> Man, you won't let me do the game breaking thing I want. Harumph. Oh, also, if you see a titan running at you in Crucible, and he lo- and he's just running at you, he's gonna shoulder charge you. He's gonna. And don't you go wind on, and don't go to Reddit and whine about how shoulder charges are overpowered. It's all we have, and we'll come to your house and kill you. You're not With the shoulder charge. Ah, uh, so titans have a special move where if they're running and you tap melee, we had a shoulder. We have a shoulder charge. It used yeah, to. Yeah, no, no, I haven't played the titan. Yeah, it got kind of nerfed in Destiny too. But if you have the insurmountable skull fort, so long as you kill a, car- a player in PvP, you get it back instantly. So I've now gone from like averaging like I've almost tripled my kill count in Crucible because of it. So you're literally just charging bull everybody. Well, so it's one of those ones where it's like I'm now running shotgun bull shoulder charge. I don't even care about heavy weapons anymore. But it's one of those ones where if my shoulder charges miss, I have a shotgun still. Like it, it makes me play. It, it lets me play unbelievably aggressive. There are lots of good ways to counter me, but people don't seem to like the reality of what it means to counter that playstyle. Yeah. It's like, no, you have to hit your target, but I don't, don't wanna. I don't like that they win at close range now. <laughs> I know, it's, it, it is kind of a cheap move. I will give you that. There's nothing more annoying than being shoulder charged by a Titan. But also, I play Titan. So chugga chugga fuck you all. <laughs> that needs to be the title of the podcast. It very well might be. Chugga fuck you all. <laughs> It very well might be the Titan War Cry. Yep. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. It's real good. I keep saying that. I know it's not a useful phrase. It's the if you like Destiny, you'll probably like Forsaken. If you were curious about Destiny, now is a great time to play Destiny. And now is the time, boys. Yep. Now is the time. Well, I mean, we'll see. I'll. I. I mean, considering it sounds really good, I may. Play yeah, it. it's. I, Although I would pick it up on PC, and I already. My thing is, there's going to be content I won't be able to get. Yes, I. I still recommend playing on PS4 just from the the most content perspective, but I understand like the PC community seems very happy with Forsaken as well. But I I play on I play on my PS4 because I want the most Destiny, and because I didn't have a PS, it wasn't there for Destiny One. Yeah. I... Yeah. I it's it is annoying how much I, again I don't know, but like little details where it's like this is my character from Destiny One, like it's this. This is a dude who has done some stuff. Like he's he's been around. It's my it is my character. Kind of the cinematic popped up where he talked and had the helmet off, and it was my fucking character talking. I'm like, yeah, it's him. <laughs> he's gravelly again. He's gonna go murder that fool <laughs> with that robot Mr. T haircut. That's right. Your character did have that. Yep. Skull white face, glowing red eyes, that awesome exo mohawk, and the weird exo blood splatter, which I'm like, I don't get what that is still, but I dig it. I am the Mr. T Skull Robot. But yeah, that Forsaken's okay, I guess, or whatever. It's cool. I dig it. It's fine. I'm not Jones in the play right now or anything. No? No, you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. You can quit anytime? Yeah, I, I, I do. It's called 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, uh-huh. Anytime, a.k.a. 3 a.m. <laughs> Both my dog and my girlfriend think Destiny is a stripper name and hate it. 
Kenny. Oh, it definitely is. But when me and Jen were going out when I was still playing lots of Destiny 1, like when Destiny 2 got announced, she was like, oh, that bitch Destiny's back in town. I'm like, yep, you're still your boyfriend. It actually does help the game has a, has a stripper name. It makes it funnier to be like, I was up all night last night with Destiny. You were a stripper? No, video game. Way sadder. That is true. It does. If you didn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> it's like World of Warcraft, where it's like, where were you? Oh, uh, I was on Azeroth. Nerd. <laughs> I was up with Azerite. Nerd. Azerite doesn't sound like a nice strip no. name, though, like Destiny. I would totally go to a strip club called Azerite, though, just to be like, what the fuck is this place? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, we live in LA where there's the Clown Room, which also is a bad name for a strip club, but yeah. Yeah. Overall, it sounds like a good week for you. Yeah. It's a terrible week for me, but hey, it, it's good. I look forward to seeing what Destiny can do. It's nice to see them bring back the the, the glory days. It yeah, like. it's the so. yeah, it, it's the general consensus around the subreddit community and kind of that that's the hub for our community for better or worse. It's the hardcore community. Is the it's the we don't want a Destiny three. Just keep making DLC like this. For the love of God, stop! If you're making a Destiny 3, just make it DLC for Destiny 2. Please. Yeah. Next week, we talk about World of Warcraft 2. Oh, God. I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. I look for- I've heard rumors of class balance changes happening, but I- we shall see. I personally want them like to briefly bring back the class balances from Vanilla WoW. That'd make me very happy just to have, like, that moment where it's like warlock classes are like, oh, they nerfed us. Are we still overpowered? You're still way overpowered. Yeah. I am curious to see uh, if they ever did that, how hard fucking enhancement shamans would hit again. Because they'd be using two-handed maces. But no. Probably here. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> Rip. Yeah. But yes, that's it for this week of podcast. Uh, no emails this week, but if you wanted to contact us, Alex, how would you go about doing that? Oh, it's very simple. You would go ahead and pull up your email client of your choice, and in the address, you would type wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, that's wickedawesomecast course, at gmail.com. Uh, it's an email address on the internet. Down the show notes. Yes, and of course, you know, make sure you actually type your message. I only include the instruction part with the address, but make sure you actually add an email. We have not received a blank email yet, but that would amuse me. <laughs> I look forward to it. Yeah. Don't disappoint out there. Yeah. Anything you want to pimp before we get out of here? Um, well, I'm not streaming currently. I just haven't had a time to set that up right now. And, and... disappointment. Yeah, I know. But I'll, I'll get back to it. In the meantime, though... Uh... I, I gotta ask a dumb question. Like, do you think part of your problem right now is that you're playing a class because of your guild? I I don't know. I know that's the thing, though. Like... Like, I would be... Would you be happier if you were playing a class you actually liked? Well, I mean, granted, it would help because I'd be in the raid, but to be honest with you, some of these things that have happened doesn't matter what yeah. class I played. The stuff that has been shitty has been shitty. So, um, I think it'd be a little bit more bearable if I was playing class. Like, here's the thing, though. I enjoy Enhancement Shaman. That's I fair. like it. I, I like the way it kind of plays for the most part. Like, I, I like the feel of it. I like the lore of it. Yeah. It's just the numbers it puts out. Uh, there's just classes that do way better with less of a toolkit. Yeah. Like, Demon Hunters have, like, four or five buttons they genuinely have to use compared to, like, other stuff that they maintain and take care of. Like, it's just... 
yeah, it's way less stuff to worry about and maintain. So, and the thing is, their damage is RNG based. Like us, it's all like either have a really good string of uh, Stormbreaker or Stormbringer, which is just spam your Storm Strike, and then not you just have a shit <laughs> RNG at this point. It's very, very not consistent. Have you tried spamming Storm Strike? No. Well, try I, that. I'll try it again. <laughs> You've tried it and it didn't work, huh? Have you tried spamming it again? And that didn't work either. Yeah, I'll try it again. <laughs> yeah. Have you tried backdashing? <laughs> backdashing. Yeah, that does it for this week. Unless you left anything else? Uh, no, I, I don't have anything else. Since you've had a hard week this week, you want to take us out? Yeah, I will. Give them up. <laughs> <laughs>